2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member
3: FDSC.
4: Regular. lovely ball. Hinnombele, curls it and scores
5: a sensational goal. What a reply from Tom Hotspur and from that man, Tonguion Hinnombele.
4: Oh, it's a great ball forward. And Kane has knocked it over the keeper and Spurs have turned it around. Or so they had thought. And Harry Kane, almost in line, I thought, with Javi Mankio, the right back. Tottenham Hotspur lead, and Harry Kane is up and running in the Premier League this season. It's his first goal in the top flight. And Spurs, from 1-0 down, are leading Newcastle
5: United by two goals to one.
4: Silky footwork from Endon Bella Lucas Mora, smart, and stabs it into Kane. Spurs have bodies in the middle, and Humminson's there. And Spurs now lead by three goals to one. And Humminson, Spurs' top scorer in the Premier League this season, has got himself another.
0: Hello, and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us 24 hours later after what we usually record. We've been bombarded with DMs this morning. My God, loads of messages. Where's the podcast? Where's the podcast? We're here, we're 24 hours later than planned, but as always, thank you so much for joining us. If you're listening to the show for the very first time, you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify or on Broom. We're across a range of different audio platforms. We are, of course, on Twitter, at last, we're on Spurs, we're on Facebook and Instagram too. And as we say so far this season, for better or for worse, we are also live on YouTube. You make your mind up. I'm not sure how many times we're going to say that this season. Joining me, first up, of course, I've got my co-host who runs this crazy train of a show. I've got the wonderful Lee McQueen in the house. Lee, how are you?
6: Rookie, good evening. Uh, I can't believe we're so calm. 24 hours to absorb. <laughs> now, not normally, if it's uh, 24 hours after defeat, at least we'd be more rational. Now that, you know, the time that we wanted to just get it all out of our chest and say, amazing, we've got another three points and we wait 24 hours. But, yeah, That's really right. good, mate. Thank you. Um, A great a great weekend because of the tonic of three points always goes down very well. So looking to uh, um, enjoy uh, the two other guests that we've got on tonight and uh, and obviously interacting with all the listeners and, and now viewers, as you say. Of course, of course. And it's actually nice this season. We're giving out some fresh
0: debuts, fresh voices in the last one on Spurs. Um, I think this is a guy I've been trying to track down for a while. We've finally got him, nailed him down. Delighted to welcome Jonathan Veal from PA Sport with us. John, how are you? You well? Uh, yes, thanks for the
7: invite, finally. Reply to you, um, accepted, so yeah, happy to be here.
0: No problem at all, it actually did feel like a transfer at one point, Jonathan, are we going to get this over the line?
7: Yeah, I know, you didn't offer enough bonus, and I'm well, happy with the uh, package, so uh, luckily you came in with a new terms. so here I am.
0: Here we go. Well, listen, I mean, unlike unlike Daniel leaving, unlike the Spurs board, I am flexible. I will see if I can work the wallet to see what I can do. Um, and there you go. We, we made it work. Also delighted to also be welcoming for his debut. Um, you'll know this voice very, very well when you're going berserk celebrating Spurs goals. We've got Spurs TV commentator. Uh, we've got the great Rob Daly joining us. Rob, how are you? Great to have you here finally.
4: No, it's great to be here, Ricky. You know, I think we've been sp- speaking on DMs as well on Twitter for quite a while about, um, about doing this. So it's, uh, it's very nice to be doing it. A lot easier to do it off the back of a win and, uh, and a deserved one as well. And actually what was it, it felt like a very satisfying win, actually, given the circumstances around the game. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to getting into it and hearing um, what people have got to say with their questions and everything.
0: Yeah, do you know what is funny, Rob? I mean, we, we do normally record these shows straight after a show, recording twenty four hours later. I mean, it's a bit more calmer. This is this is the thing now, where you kind of have a chance to absorb, like Lee said, the uh, the game itself, um, the feedback from everyone's thoughts, and yeah, I mean, like I say, it's um, it's nice to actually bring debuts uh, debutants on after a win because, uh, like I say, it's it's been tough over the last, I think, we'd fair 24 say, months. So delighted to have you both here. Um, but Lee, let's start with you because Spurs. Bus Newcastle Saudi bubble with an important win, which was nervier than it should have been after Dyer's late goal. But big performance at the number ten role from Ndombélé, Kane finally breaking his Premier League duck, and it was much improved performance in him as well. Uh, credit, I think, also to Royal Romero. It, like I say, during that game they played ever so well. Thoughtsley on that win up at St James's Park.
6: Well, it was, it was a cauldron, wasn't it? I mean, you know, you go to Turkey or Besiktas, uh, you know, away on, in these kind of you know European nights, and you expect you know. Big, big atmospheres. And, you know, to be fair, St. James's Park, it was exactly like that. Uh, very, very uh, hostile, if you like, atmosphere, party atmosphere, um, which I'm glad that we uh, actually spoiled. Um, I thought we played very well. Other than the shaky start, of course, you couldn't make it up. Callum Morris made play for four games, comes out right against Tottenham. Clearly, he scores within the first two minutes. But um, I-, I thought we controlled the game brilliantly well um, after that period. Um I did have us down for a three-one win actually. So uh, Eric Dyer owes me one actually because uh, sticking in his own <laughs> back of his own net weren't very good. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm really really pleased. Um, that seems to be you know one of them Dembele or Gio or Delhi in that in that number ten role. But that for me, that four-two-three-one and the team that he played yesterday seems to be our best eleven. Um, and uh, yeah, really pleasing. I think the, the only the only criticism ourselves you can talk about the own goal, which I'm sure we'll get into, but. Now, I'd have liked a, a few more efforts. There's quite a few block shots, though, I think. Uh, six or seven block shots during the game. So, uh, four shots on target, um, seven attempts um, uh, outside of that as well, plus the block shots also. So, I think I think we played well. Um, I think we ran the game. And it was a little bit squeaky bum time, was it? Let's be brutally honest about it. You know, when Eric Dyer sticks in the back of his net. But, but other than that, I think from start to finish, other than what the first... You maybe you have to say the first 15, 15 minutes or so they, they had the game. Other than that, I thought we, we'd done really, really well work, to be fair.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's ironic coming over to you, John, that um, only Spurs could find themselves with, at one point eighty-five percent possession, uh, a two-goal lead, totally dominate the game and have an extra man, yet still a bag of nerves at the end. I mean, you know what it's like writing about the club. Was you ready, John, at one point to think, oh, do I have to change my uh, my final edit for this show? Yeah,
7: uh, it's, it's never safe um, to start writing a match report. Oh. On Spurs, you know, Ajax. It works both ways. Obviously, Ajax was was a good example, and then the West Ham game last year, where you know that was was no way possible. Yeah, I I was never really too nervy once that one goal went in. I mean, because as as Lee said, you know, there's control decay. The second half was such masterful control. Really, Um, I actually think they deserve loads of credit, really, because the way they went into the game. You know, the COVID things, um, the uncertainty about who was going to play, the atmosphere. It was just sort of written that, you know, Spurs would go under. And, you know, I think 1 minute 48, I don't think anybody expected it to be that quick. Um, but they, they responded, they got control of the game, they got goals at good times. So, yeah, I think it was a really encouraging you know, win, really.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, it's one of them where, I mean, let's be honest about it, going into the game, um, Newcastle, the, the almost party atmosphere around there, it, it was all geared up to be about their special day, obviously, of course, about the takeover. But, I mean, overall, Rob, I mean, I thought Kane was was magnificent. I thought in Ndombele, the penny looks like, to me, is finally dropping. I thought both the fullbacks were much more of a threat, particularly this game. And we do still know this work done defensively. Of course, we see that, in that during that game there, there's still a lot of work to fine-tune that defence to how we want it. But I mean, I think unquestionably for me, for me I don't know what you think. I think that 4-2-3-1 is probably the best way for Nuno to go. But, um, you know, up to fifth, two points behind a team worth hundreds of millions of pounds, much more than we are, probably the best manager also in the world. I mean, I think we would have taken this. I think if you look at where Spurs were at the start of the season, we would definitely take where we are now. I know we should only go, as we say, maybe maybe one game at a time or one week at a time. Uh, but what did you make of that performance up at St James's Park?
4: Yeah, I mean it, the four two three one thing we obviously saw all pre season. Nuno was 4-3-3, three three, wasn't he? And trying to deploy Deli on the left side of the midfield three and trying to find the right balance there. Um, and then I think really the game where the the system came unstuck was obviously first half Arsenal. You know, I think. You could forgive what happened against Chelsea. You know, Chelsea sort of blew Spurs away second half, were very good first half. The Palace game, Nuno talks about the issues he had off the back of it. But I think that first half against Arsenal was a big red flag uh, to to play in that system, particularly midfield. And I think, uh, you know, Jamie Carragher, I think, on Monday Night Football did a very good explanation of the gaps that that popped up in that midfield that Arsenal were able to exploit so easily. So, for me, the the big issue for Nuno going into this game and has been going around, this, has been, how do you sort central midfield? Because I think if he gets the balance there right, the rest of the team, in essence, right itself. Yes, you could interchange, you know, uh, Dyer for Sanchez or, or, you know, Tanganga for Emerson Royal or Lucas Moura for Bergvine, But fundamentally, that balance in the middle of the pitch is where, uh, has been the issue. And obviously, he wants to accommodate Delhi, He wants him Dombele. But really, right now, and I think yesterday's game was another example of it. Despite that wobbly start that Lee was talking about, you know, skip and Hojbjerg as the base feels the safest thing. And then Tongi on Belle, who at times is not as good on the defensive side of the, on the defensive side of things, um, can just express himself and do things like he was, he was taking the mick when he at points. Um, you know, leading to John Joe Shelby on cue, losing his mind. So, um, Uh, It was a really, it was an enjoyable performance. Obviously, it was nerve at the end, but it feels like that's that's the system Nuno has to go with for now. And I think he will go with that for a while.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting you bring that up, Rob, because I think a lot of people have been questioning the formation Spurs are playing and the system in which, you know, is setting out the team. Um, just in terms of, like I say, a, f- a flavour of some of our listener questions, I'm going to read some of these out here. Mark Butcher says, this has to be the team in the league from now on. Great game. Unfortunately, Dyer did not make it easy at uh, watching the end, but Plus and Dombele lasting 90 minutes are positive. Nikki at Highland Spurs 1 says, three points and amongst an absolute mad fanfare of the Toon takeover. Could have been a lot worse after that 100-mile-per-hour start. Let's take the positives and move on to the Hammers next week. Nathan Lumber says, excellent reaction. A performance to completely outplay a poor Newcastle side. Felt we should have gone for the jugular and scored maybe five or six goals in that second half. But seemed to content to pass and keep the ball. He does question, do we let that killer? finish to teams or should we be like I say hanging on as we are uh, Michael Bennett says well done to regular and dire for their quick actions today we are going to bring it up in the show great to see a Spurs team dominating the ball especially in that second half and the score line definitely did not flatter Spurs. Did Spurs showing a lack of killer instinct in the second half though cost us that that seems to be coming up at the moment in terms of Spurs not taking those chances and again here team fluke says why do we punish teams that are not good enough, continue playing safe and then give them a chance of getting a result by giving away a city goal? We we're absolutely hammering them the whole game. Let's come over to you, Lee, on that point. I mean, Lee, have you, have you been frustrated by Spurs not taking their chances, not being clinical enough under Nuno so far this season?
3: Well, I think they were very
6: clinical yesterday um, because we had four shots on target and scored three goals. So you can't really say they weren't clinical on, on that side. Um, but I do, I do get the point. I mean, I think there is a frustration now. Um that we don't go and put the put teams to the sword, uh, for want of better expression. Um, uh, they were there for the taking. I mean, some 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 of the defending at the back at times was, was shambolic. Um, and you just thought to yourself, you know, you know, Tango, uh Chingo and ha- ha- had them, didn't he? Let, let's be honest about it. He had them. Um and they could they couldn't handle him in that in that role. Um, and we, we did hit the bar as well, we was unlucky with a, f- a phenomenal, uh phenomenal salmon-like leap. That we know Lucas can do and eat at the bar so um yeah it is a little bit frustrating but I don't think that I don't think we created enough clear-cut chances to go and win the game six seven seven one uh to be honest um so it's probably about right. the, the frustration for me was um was we can we had the game in control for the, for the second half but at, at times you did feel going just go on it have uh, one more gear and then you might go and score the fourth and it would be completely done. You know, if you go and score four, you might end up scoring five or six, right? Um, so, but we was completely in control of that game until that own goal went in. There was a little bit of panic stations. But other than that, um, we were completely in control of that game, like I said, after the first, first 15 minutes or so. So, I think when you look at Nuno, his record as manager, um, our goal difference is still at a minus. Uh, you know, to concede three against Palace, three against Chelsea, three against Arsenal um that's a problem and we'd only scored singles before then I think we've only won well the games that we've actually won in the Premier League have only been one single goal margin as well so you know you know this time last year I think Sky put a graphic up yesterday I think this time last season I think we'd scored 18 goals before yesterday I think we'd only scored six so you look at that and you think wow okay that that is that is probably you, you've got to think about you know Son scored four in one match didn't he against Southampton and Came got all of the assists and all that sort of stuff. So we we, we powered six past Manchester United at Old Trafford uh, by this point. So, yeah, I, I mean, I suppose it is a little bit frustrating, but but my word, you know, another three points under the belt. You, you go on again, that's two that's two very good performances or decent performances against the opposition, uh, Villa and Newcastle. And like, uh, like we said before, we go on to West Ham.
0: Yeah, I mean, like you say, it, I mean, John Hall says after two really positive wins and performances now against Villa and Newcastle, is there a case that negative reaction to Nuno was perhaps a little knee-jerk given the circumstances that he's had to deal with, such as Harry Kane, that disaster international break, the Ndombele situation? Um, John, let's come over to you and ask you that, because um, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, you know, as covering the club. It, it has been a difficult summer in general with Harry Kane, with Tsungi and Ndombele, and I'd say with the amount of injuries he's had and having the COVID situation around Romero, Sanchez, La Celso, and then, like I say, there's that talk at the moment that you know some fans feel with regards to... Nuno, the lack of a change yesterday, the lack of a substitution. Can you understand that? Is he being ultra-cautious for you, John? Do
7: you mean in general, or just in terms of not making a sub yesterday?
0: I just think maybe, well, answer them both really. In general, not making a sub yesterday, what have you made of him so far in terms of the way he's been, like I say, dealt his hand as head coach? Yeah, well, he
7: he spoke uh, before the game about um, he was 100 days in charge and he spoke about his ups and downs. And, you know, you've listed all those... All those things there, the circumstances he's been dealt really are not favorable. This is you know, on top of coming in as effective of ninth choice manager, so he knows that straight away that he wasn't one that they initially wanted. Um, you know, Harry Kane that's a massive issue that I think he actually dealt with really well it, in the media. I think he was he kept his dignity, kept the club's dignity, and he handled that situation really, really well. Um, yes, there's questions to be asked about the way he set the team up um, and those performances in those three games, you know, there were red flags, but um, yeah, I think he deserves a bit of credit, to be honest. Um, you know, there's, there's I mean, he's had a lot thrown at him, the injuries, the, like you say, Kane, Tang, tangi Tanguy, and like you said, at the top of the show, they're in a good position and that nobody, wouldn't have taken this position at the start of the season especially with some of the games they've had you know they've played chelsea they've been to arsenal they've played man city um so you know i think it's actually a decent start some of the football obviously hasn't been to the taste of most tottenham fans i think we can all agree that um but as rob was saying the four two three one has brought the best two performances of the season so that seems to be the way to
0: go, Rob. Well, just coming over to you. I mean, that this is the thing we you know, isn't it? And I think at the moment it's still very much, from what I can gauge, amongst fans, the jury's still out at the moment. I think there's fans that still need to be convinced in terms of the way Spurs are playing, to a certain brand, um, a certain style, with a certain direction of the way the club is heading. And I say it's just, I think it's difficult at the moment because it is still very early days where he's had a lot of issues, as we've discussed, the Undombele, the Harry Kane issue, the overriding squad, to then actually try and form a judgment very, very early on. And we're only only in October. And if we look at the points at the moment, you probably say Spurs are maybe on target for where they would be points-wise,
4: maybe not performances, but points. What have you made so far of the manager, Rob, for you? Um, Is it too early to form a judgment? Yeah, I I do think so. I mean, you know, eight Premier League games is is um, a really small sample size. And in those games, um, Spurs have played, you know, Chelsea and City already. So they've already knocked off a couple of t- tough fixtures off the fixture list. Um, and I think all the mitigating circumstances that John was mentioning there just um, highlights how tough it has been. I've, he'll be given, you know, plenty of time to do whatever he wants to do. And what I would say about Nuno, because um, much has been made of the fact he's a pragmatic coach, um I would say every time, almost every time that Wolves played Spurs, um, that I can remember, you know, commentating on those games after they got up into the Premier League, I was so impressed with Wolves every single time. Not in a, what a plucky underdog performance, aren't they good? What a, wow, they're good performance. A 3-2 win at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, where they very much deserved the win that day. Their patterns of play, Matt Doherty, outstanding for them. Jimenez, Diogo Jota just killed Spurs, really. There was the infamous Adam Tra- traore Troiare Yan Vertonghen game, where Wolves definitely definitely should have won. You know, there's a few others. They won at Wembley, three one came from behind. You know, uh, you know it was it, it it was hard to think of. You know, I think the last season for Nuno because everything went a bit flat. Jimenez's injury, everything sort of took off the shine of what people thought Nuno was. But um, you know, I, th- I think many will, you know, the feeling. Let's not forget how good that feeling was off the back of the City win. You know, it was like it was euphoric. And I think um, I think you'll be given the time and I think you need to let Romero settle, let Emerson Royale settle into the team uh, before casting a, a major judgment on him.
0: I agree. Yeah, I think it, it's so hard because as fans, I say, and, we, and, we, and we're and also very guilty of this, I think straight after a game, Lee, and I, and I know, like I say, this is the thing where, where we react to this straight after... Emotions are high. Our passion is there. Uh, we all want to see the club obviously performing you
6: want to well. You as well. I don't know. You? you want you want to see that. That's a, you know. Of course, uh, I think Poch once said it, didn't he? You know, it, it, the, the game is about passion. It's about emotion. It's yeah. a, you want to see that. You know that 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 kind of element of com- coming out. Uh, so certainly for us, you know, as as pure fans, top Motspur fans, you want to be able to let that. And there's a lot of frustration in there as well. I mean, I do agree with what what Jonathan and and Rob have said about Nuno, I, you know, I, I've been critical of Nuno, um, you know, I, I think setting up in the way that he's set up in some of them games was, you know, and he'll probably hold his hands up in private and say, he got that wrong, you know, you, you can't go to Arsenal and just roll over and have your belly tickled, it's one of our biggest games of the season, you can't you can't roll up and do that, you know, and, we, and we've got players in the squad and in the team that 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 can go and beat Arsenal, Let, let's be honest about it, Arsenal, I don't know what the score is at the moment, but I know they're playing Palace and they've won it up, but Arsenal aren't pulling up any trees either this season. Um, so you know they've we've gone to their place. You know we've just rolled over. That said, when not beating them, what well, I think it's twice at their place in 25 years or 29 years or something ridiculous. So you know that's not on Nuno, but the way he set the team up for for, for example. Um, and I, again, I agree with Rob. You know the four two three one suits us. I mean, I've been. I think all of us think we're football managers. I know that. You know, I won't say John and Rob will, but certainly me and Rick do. Like when we're sitting here and thinking, oh, we can pay this and we can do that. Um, you know, and I've played around with the uh, um, you know formations loads of times, having I mean, a look actually maybe we can play for it at the back with centre backs that we've got and push the um you know the wing backs up higher. But but the real of 4-3-3 and how he's worked it, but the 4-2-3-1 does seem to suit our our players, it suits our style, it gives us something that we're used to, maybe. Um, you know, and, and I think you know, that's that's why we are passionate. And I think, you know, I think sometimes Tottenham fans look. I'm not going to get carried away because I'll get I'll get thrown at everyone and be like, ah you're getting carried away this and other but I'm just enjoying the fact that we've won two football matches is that right Like we can enjoy the fact that we've won two football matches um and you know we've got a really tough game next in the league um you know Vitesse Armand. And and, and and again one thinks that this um uh, uh Europa Conference League is a walkover and clearly it's not a walkover uh, t- tournament some of these play um uh, uh teams that we're playing are, are decent sides so it'd be a tough game in midweek, but it'd be a, t- a tough, tough game going to West Ham. Uh, David Moyes has gotten playing really, really well. So, you know, enjoy the fact that we've won a football match uh, in, in difficult circumstances. And, and remember how we can enjoy watching Tottenham, because I think most of us have forgot. I totally agree. And it's you know funny, in the build up
0: to this game, John, coming around to you, um, I mean, social media is in hysterics, right? Or trying to get control of itself because um, Spurs twitch at the time, we know that Spurs two players from the Spurs camp had tested positive for COVID. It was all about, you know, who were those two players? And I think it's hard because, um, you know, there's a responsibility, I suppose, as as a journalist that you can't reveal who those players are because obviously for medical record purposes, um, you're not bound to, right? You're not allowed to do that. So, I mean, this is the hard thing that you're preparing for a game everyone wants to know who those players are. And then subsequently, we heard this breaking news, I think from, um, I might be wrong, but a South Korean source claiming that Son had passed a a latter um, COVID test, which enabled him to play. When you saw the team come out, John, is that what you're roughly expecting now? Do you think you know he's starting to know his team now? Of course, he said there was big issues, but um, you know, in that team, of course, we had um, Son starting game, Harry Kane, of course. Um, we had, of course, as well um, the centre back partnership of Eric Dyer and, of course, next to him, Christian Romero. And um, we did obviously see the likes of the Celso uh, Emerson Royale, Emerson Royale, actually in the team as well. Roughly, was that you expecting in terms of that team, John?
7: Yeah, so obviously up here in the press conference, um, Nuno said they would have, they would like to pick the same start alone as against Villa, um, but he had big shoes and, and he wouldn't be able to do that. Um, then later that day, we got wind of the um, of the COVID I think Everybody uh, read who they who they thought he was on Twitter, as you as mentioned, um, and then it, the news came out that night that it was actually true, and then and then next day. Um, there was a false positive and everything, so I think once we knew there was a false positive, I think we knew what the team would be. Uh, and it does look like, you know, Nuno is heading towards is a stronger, his strongest eleven, his first choice eleven. I think yesterday that's the team that, that most people would have picked. Um, I guess when Bird Vine uh, comes back fit, it's between him and Mora. Uh, but I think um, certainly on the last two performances the Premier League team picks
0: itself. Yeah, I mean, we also did see, like you said there, I mean, Bergvine and Davis returned from injury and they took their place amongst the subs. Um, I thought what was quite interesting was that, coming around to you, Rob, you know, we saw Romero and Emerson having to play again just two days after, turn out for their countries. And I think, like John says there, I think Nuno is starting now to get to know what his preferred first eleven is. Do you think, in his mind, he knows that now, Rob, of course, obviously Bergvine has got to come back from injury. Uh, has he got a fair idea now, bearing in mind he's been in the job for, what, you know, a good three four months now? He'll know his first eleven roughly.
4: Well, I'd be, uh, you know, bar, barring injury or or some something else, if that wasn't the eleven versus West Ham, you know, I'd I'd I'd, I'd be stunned if, you know, maybe there's a the little tweak here or there. You know, Lucas Moore maybe had too many minutes in the week against Vitesse. He played bergvine but Lucas Moore was tremendous. His run for the third goal was excellent. I think, um, you know, I think Nuno knows what he wants and. And this is relatively far away from what he was doing pre-season, in part because he didn't have all the players for pre-season. But, you know, it was supposed to be this 4-3-3 thing. And because Kane wasn't around yet, back with England anyway, after reaching the Euro final, we had this very dynamic front three of Bergwijn, Lucas and Son, who were excellent against City. And then suddenly it was like, okay, well, this could be life after Kane, if Kane, you know, Kane obviously subsequently revealing he was going to stay. but. I think the four-two-three-one works works well. I think in terms of what's in the squad at the moment, maybe a little bit light now in a additional midfielder who could play in the two. So I think you're looking at you're probably looking at Skip and as the first choice pairing, and then Winks, and then who? I don't think you'd use Delhi in that position really in, in the Premier League. Um, and then that adds a, another question for Nuno. In terms of that position behind Kane, because now you have three players who want to play in that position. And I think I've got this right. I think all of them started against Chelsea. I think Gio started right wing. I think Tongi and Delhi both played in midfield alongside Hoybier. But now it looks like only one will play. So maybe there's a, a little bit of a balance issue there in terms of what Nuno can do with his team. Um, but I think it's pretty sad. And I think, you know, even though Christian Romero, I think he was beaten far too easily for the opening goal. I think the whole team was blown away by the energy of St James's Park in those opening moments. He only looks class, doesn't he? I think we're seeing a lot with his range of passing, a throwback to Toby, um, that he's, um, he's certainly probably first-choice first centre-back. But, you know, quickly on Dyer, I know he sort of gave everyone that little heart attack at the end. But, yeah. you know, Eric Dyer was, I thought, tremendous mm. throughout the game. Yeah. And you know, I wasn't, you know, at times I felt last season he wasn't didn't have the best best of days, you know. There were goals where a low cross would be swept into the area, he'd leave the ball, someone would score back post. Um, but I thought he was I thought he was excellent yesterday and looks probably his most comfortable since the start of last season when him and Toby and Hoybier had that nice little defensive three thing going on.
6: Yeah, just, no, I, just, just on that if I can, just because I think you make a really good point, more about Dyer. The, the problem that, that most of us have got with Dyer is that he, he he does seem to have a mistake in him. And even though he was excellent, he was excellent against Manchester United last season. Absolutely outstanding. Gave the penalty away. And then we ended up drawing 1-1. If you remember, it's just a, just a, I don't know, lack of concentration or something that happens from, from him. And obviously, we, again, we saw it again yesterday. And sometimes or, or a majority of the time when Eric guy makes a mistake it's a costly mistake because of the position that he plays right it's like liver uh, it's like um, a goal kick making a mistake inevitably it ends up being a goal so that's the bit that he just and, and it's really difficult so i totally agree with him. i thought he was i thought he was excellent i thought it was excellent against aston villa as well uh to, to be fair but but there's always there's the element of it and you know when you look at villa's goal that um, they scored. Uh, you could have a look at R- Romero because he'd come out, didn't he, flying out for a challenge and then he left the hole and then people saying, oh, it was Dyer, but actually it was Romero. Romero got lost. Uh, he lost it. He actually looked over his shoulder. If you think, he looks over his shoulder, he thinks he knows where his man is and then he drops him and then his man just gets in front of him and, and, and beats him to the header. So I agree that although Romero looks class and brilliant, he's got to work on that side of things and Dyer just needs to get rid of their mistakes. One mistake a game is sometimes too much and yesterday it didn't cost us but it easily could have you know if that was a tight 2-1 game and all of a sudden they go 2-2 and the crowd's up for the last 10 minutes that is a completely different football match so just needs to eradicate that doesn't he I don't know how he does it but you know he has been very good don't get me wrong
0: yeah, I mean, Lee, I just wanted to pick up, actually, on the opening goal, which John, I think, and Rob mentioned the reference to there. Because um, I think the th- the thing going into this game is, and it didn't take a you know, brain center to work this out, that Newcastle were going to be up for this, right? They've you know, just been taken over. Um, you can imagine that, that that the the wall of noise around that stadium and the way they kind of made it a real carnival atmosphere, anyone would tell you that, you know, Steve Bruce do not even need to do a team talk because they were going to come out of the blocks flying. I think what was so That's frustrating it. is that we all knew this, right? As, a, as Spurs fans, we know this. And it's like we almost kind of read the script as being the fairy tale start. And it's almost like we just gave it to him. And I just, I just couldn't quite believe that, you know, bearing in mind that we knew be under pressure, it was, it was the manner of the goal, you know, the fact that, you know, Emerson, who I thought has been a good signing so far since he's come to the club, was at fault for giving the ball away poorly. The midfield not tracking back to cover. The overlap on Reguilon. And like you said there, Romero, not good enough for getting in front of Wilson. I just had Romero, as Rob said. I think Romero's going to be a fantastic player yeah, for us. But like every player, there is stuff to work on here to improve, isn't there? How frustrated was you about yeah, that, that in sure. goal
6: league? Yeah, it was frustrating because, you know, it, it almost done us a favour in, in, in the same way as well. Because like, like, it was so early we had the whole virtually 90 minutes to try and sort ourselves back out, which we did. Um, you know, so, so that was, that was great. And I think Jamie Redknapp said pre-commentary that, you know, first 20 minutes you've got to um, you know, call the crowd down and that type of stuff. And you know, we're, we're, we're giving them, adding fuel to the fire after two minutes. I mean, you couldn't make this up. Um, so it was frustrating. And actually when you analyse, like you just said, the, the goal and, and what Rob said as well, um, you know Romero did lose. Like I say, he did look over his shoulder. He spotted his man and then let him go. Um, you know, the it was a little bit uh, a, a bundling type challenge, wasn't it, from uh, from Emerson Royale to, to give away the, um, the, the the ball in the first place and let them come uh, come at us. Um, but it was also a good move, you know, to, to, to be fair to them. The overlapping run from their full-back, I can't remember his name, uh, was uh, was really good. And I think that regular and over on that side, when that ball came down, he didn't really know where to go. He couldn't go with a runner because uh, he would have the man with the ball or was covering the man with the ball. So uh, it was difficult to try and stop the cross from coming in from, from that side. Um, they, they couldn't do anything about it. So, look, credit to, to Newcastle. They started really well and it was a, it was a good goal from their perspective. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think we could have we could have defended it better. Um, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to. I don't want to make myself look silly here, and obviously, you've got loads of comments in, in the set. I, I make myself look silly every week, so it don't really matter. But I don't think we actually started that badly. Like t- to be honest, it, it wasn't as if apart <laughs> from the goal was right, part of the goal was all right. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying about but looking silly. They yeah, 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 score, yeah, but yeah. actually, yeah. after they scored, it wasn't as if we, it was a siege mentality. And they were going at us and going at us. You no, know, give you some statistics. They had one shot on target, the whole game, one shot. So you know the, the the stats tell tell a part of a story there. Now Hugo Lloris didn't have anything to do the whole game, other than pick the ball out of back and net after two minutes. So you know I don't I don't think um, I don't think we was under siege mentality after they they scored that one goal. But could it have been avoided? Yeah, and I think that's the key thing with Tottenham whilst we're still. You want to use the rebuild. You want to use kind of, you know, uh, momentum. You want to use kind of getting used to still work in progress. Whatever term you want to use, the fact of the matter is, it always feels like that we're we're never we're never quite there. We're always having to work towards something. And may, maybe maybe that's the, the, the stage that we're at. But you're right. Yeah. There's improvements to be made with Dyer still. There's improvements to be made with Emerson Royale, You know, you said it yourself. And and Romero, they both just travelled back from South America. Like what well, about two 20 days ago. Minutes yeah, so yeah, you know, no. obviously being facetious, but you know, so th- there is some some giving that, and you know, you got. To, yeah. I'd look. I'd rather look it on the positive rather than the negative and say, look, yeah. fair play to them, lads. They stepped mm-hmm. up. They got picked. They played, and they played predominantly well. I thought Emerson didn't have a, a as good as games he did against Villa, but I thought Romero was outstanding after that goal. Yeah. Um, John, just coming over to you. I think what has, I mean, trying to be on a positive, what has impressed me is
0: that the fact that all those Spurs have given away leads in the last couple of games. They have fought back. They have come back into games. And this was no different. Um, a player that I think, to be fair, is uh, definitely, you know, I would say the word polarised opinion. I know Ali Gold uh, says he's got a membership club for him. That's Tumye Ndombele. Um, it was a lovely equaliser from Ndombele, to be fair. He kind of lovely curling shot from Reganon's inside pass. Um, and he almost kind of passed it into the right-hand post and where are you John for you on the enigma of Tung and Domble? because as a player to write about I mean he must give you all different kinds of oh, I don't know, different kinds of content I mean great finish tell us what you make of him.
7: Well Ali is the, the chairman of Tonga's sports club and' vice chairman um, yeah he's just absolutely brilliant it's just, it's just, as a player to watch he's just absolutely brilliant some of the things he's capable of, you know, the, the pirouettes, the way he gets out of situations. So, lie with his low gravity, you think, you know, how has he done that? Um, you know, so as a player, it's great to watch. You know, he's also frustrating because he'll do something amazing. And then for the next five minutes, he'll be strolling around, you know, catching his breath sort of thing. Um, it looked like his time at the club was, was over in the summer. Um, I think if Spurs could have found a buyer for him. They would have done um but look it seems to me like the um, Nuno has found his best position um is more effective higher up the pitch um it can affect the game like he did yesterday he can create you can score so we have just got to keep him happy keep him fit and keep him playing like
0: Agree. I mean, Rob, let's get your thoughts on Ndombele because, you know, he's a, he's a player that, you know, when I speak to so many Spurs fans, I say, if only we can get this guy fit. Well, I'll tell you what, he did play 97 minutes yesterday. Not just the night; he added seven onto that. So, um, you know, we, we are getting this over Ndombele in terms of getting that fitness up. And I think Nuno is really trying to get him back, you know, to where we want him to be as a player. But, um, you know, he did get Spurs back in the game. I think much of what they did came through the Frenchman in terms of this one. He was in a much more advanced central role. He toyed with Newcastle on several occasions, having plenty of ground in what I would describe to be, and I people get ready for this, I thought it was quite an energetic performance from Ndombele. What did you think of it, Rob?
4: Yeah, I know what you're saying, Ricky, because there was points where he was, you know, when Spurs had those periods where they felt they were in control in the second half and they were in control, where he was dropping so deep, he just wanted to get on every other pass. Do you remember those moments where he was just linking it, give it to me, give it to me, I'll do something, step over, bang, go? The moment by the corner flag where he just sort of danced around them for a few minutes.
6: But, you know, I think there's (laughs) a real...
4: Oh, it was brilliant, wasn't it? It really was. But I think there's a real similarity to the Manchester United-Pogba issue in a sense, because what Tonguion Dombele is, is this unbelievably creative player... Who you want to see? Who will do magical things that will win you games that will pull you back into games? But on the on the defensive side of things, I just he probably doesn't have it. And you know, I, I commented on Leicester, Man United at the weekend as well. Polper doesn't have it. And I think what happens is you look at the money that is spent on these two players, and you say, well, they should be able to do both sides of it. A proper central midfielder can win the ball back, can read the play, intercept passes. And also ping a 40-yard diagonal and score from 20 yards and all the rest of it. We just need to ignore the price that Tongi cost. And I think this was an issue for Jose Mourinho. He couldn't get his head around what Tongi was and was like, I will turn this guy into one of the two midfielders with Hoybier. And he did try and do it. But the reality is I don't think Tongi's that player. He just isn't. If you're going to play a team, you're going to completely dominate. You can can probably afford to have him in them in the midfield too. The reality is he's the spark for unbelievably unusual moments. And actually the Villa game, I don't think he played that well. The Villa game, yeah. I thought he was he was a bit off. His passing was a bit yeah. short. And yeah. suddenly that dribble, do you remember the dribble? Yeah, yeah. Right side of the box, yeah. weaved it, nearly scored. and Suddenly he would have That's been it. the story. Mm. Um, but I think, you know, I think if you speak to any Spurs fan who's seen him for the last two years, has been dreaming that he'll live up to the, the expectation everyone has, mm. you want him in the team.
0: People yeah. will say, well, he
4: has to start. Yeah. He has to start. So, I mean, um, yeah. he's, the, he's the most fun player to watch probably in the team, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, you've Sorry. given us some
0: great commentary lines as well, Rob, to be fair. The goal at Sheffield United, that goal he scored, and oh. your commentary for that one. I mean, there's, there's, he does give you, as a, as, a, as a commentator, he can give you absolute moments of just some unbelievable yeah. moments. Isn't okay, it nice even his on? debut.
2: Even his yeah. debut. Pop one in from
4: 25 yards to yeah. to spark the turnaround. Mm. But I think we just need to accept what he is, ignore what he cost. Jonathan yeah. would know. Is he still? He's still the record signing, isn't he? I think still the club record signing. I think Tom? yeah, still
7: record signing. Yeah. Um, mm.
4: Just need to forget it. Forget what is he now? What is he right now? He's the yeah. most creative player in the whole squad, and yeah. he's the one when they interview the players and go. Who's the best player you've ever seen in training? And they all go, Moussa Dembele used to do stuff that blew our brains. Yeah. And they're going, who's it now? Oh, it's Tongi. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think he just needs to play in that advanced position, not be given the opportunity to, you know, lose a runner like he did for the goal against Ren, or not mark his guy properly as he did against Wolves. I'll forgive him for the giving away the ball goal against Wolves. That's just, if you can ask him to do that, it's going to happen occasionally. Yeah. Know, he's is, going to give the ball away. Yeah, you, I think like you just said
0: there, Rob, you've, you've got to know what he is as a player. And once you accept exactly. what he is, yeah. then, you know, everyone can be better for it. Um, Harry Kane, coming over to you, Lee, I think, again, it's a player, you have to accept what he is about Harry Kane. It's about the goals. And I think to be fair for Harry, um, that was, I think, this could be, I reckon, the turning point for him this season. Because I think, had that decision not gone his way, in terms of VAR, I think, again, that would have been another, you know, a real, again, a, a difficult one to take. But um, to be fair, I thought the finish from Kane was just well, Kane-esque, if I can call it that, because it was just an absolutely beautiful, lovely little flick. Um, it was deft as well. It flicked over Darlow from Hoybier's pass, which I must say, Hojbjerg's pass was absolutely exceptional. I know initially fagged it was obviously uh, for offside. Given that VR review, You know, Spurs actually turned the game around, and what I would actually describe it as two great moments.
6: Yeah, I, I agree. I, it's really interesting. Just, just quickly on Chingi, if, if I may, because I, I I don't big up Tingo Ndombele that, that often because I don't talk about him that much. I, I just leave it to everybody else to talk about because I, I think he's he's been a little bit of an enigma, um, you know, for, since, since he's joined the football club. I think everyone knows how good he could be or we think we know how good he could be, but he's never on the pitch. I think he'd done 111 minutes or whatever it might have been yesterday. You know, we've already added on and all that sort of stuff. So it was brilliant. Um, and actually, he scored against Wolves in the cup and I actually posted it from his Instagram saying, not my best game tonight. And I thought he was talking about yesterday. So I put it on Twitter saying, oh, "No, and then I got pointed out a few times to be fair. Uh, thank you, Chris, by the way, Um, to tell me that it wasn't, it wasn't from yesterday. Anyway, the point being is that he scored a very similar goal. He like leaning back and like putting it in, um uh, even when he scored against Villa, Rob, that you just, you touched upon on his debut. And then yesterday, again, you know, kind of leaning back when you're always told to, don't lean back when you score, and he's leaning back. It, it just looks sometimes looks quite awkward. Like right? when he's running, it looks like the leaning tower of Pisa, and you think to yourself, is he going to fall over? And he and he keeps the ball like unbelievable. I mean, I thought it was excellent yesterday, and and Rob touched upon it. You know that that skill in the corner flag was just like I I was like, I, what? I, it blew my mind. I thought it was superb. So. Uh, reminiscent of a uh, Timofey back in the day when he's like trying to take people well, on. We, his own. we are going back there, aren't we? My God, yeah. <laughs> Newcastle United away. We are going back to Timothy sure, as sure. <laughs> But co- coming back to the main man, um, mm. never been worried uh, about Harry Kane. You know my thoughts on him. You know the information uh, that we talked about over the summer um, and uh, um, the, all of that escapade and all that sort of stuff that he's done. He's ironically scored ten goals this season. It's quite, it's quite mental. Um, that he scored 10 goals. Everyone says, you know, uh, you know, when you write off Harry Kane, it's just like you, you know, you, you're making yourself look silly because at the end of the day, the guy is one of the best, in my opinion, just my humble opinion. He's the best striker in the world. Um, and he's uh, he's just absolutely outstanding. And yesterday was a perfect example of that. I mean, he was miles on side as well. I went, when they flagged offside, I was thinking, oh, it's just going to be really tight? And then look, as soon as I put a graphic up, he was like, oh, yeah, he's miles on sides. That was brilliant. Um, the best thing about him scoring yesterday for me was the, with the players celebrating with him. I, I absolutely loved it. And um, they all went over to him. They're banging they're on yeah. the they They so pleased for him. It was really pleasing, Rick, to see yeah. that. You know, lots of people uh, mm. talking and writing and, you know, us talking about stuff. Is he all right in the dressing room? Do his teammates want him there? Does he yeah. want to be there? But you could see that he had been that had been bothering him and his teammates knew it and they all ran over and they all batted him on the head. And I, I love that. I love to see that. Mm. It was very, very together. And um, yeah, it was a brilliant performance again. Um, I had him down for two goals actually uh, yesterday, uh, but he got his assist rather than the, rather than the third. And again, I, I'm sure we'll come on to this, don't want to steal the thunder, but what an outstanding yeah. third team, uh, team goal, our third oh, yeah. goal. Champagne, it? Yeah, she, brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Oh, and again, yeah. Kane completely involved in that as well. So I thought it was excellent yesterday.
0: Yeah, I mean, John, coming around to you, I think with regards to Kane, um, it has been a difficult season, as you know, to, to watch him as a Spurs fan and all the speculation, of course, over the summer. And I think Ali picked up on this yesterday. You know, that was possibly the strangest Spurs goal celebration of a VAR era because um, the teams had lined up for the free kick. They didn't expect the decision to be reversed. And do you know what annoys me about Spurs sometimes is that why do they not appeal more? Appeal more. Uh, it really, it really boggles my mind that, you know, a decision like that where it looked like a hair's breadth and we're not even appealing. We're just accepting it. Okay, it's offside. We're going back. We're not even, we're not even attempting to, you know, try and reverse the decision. But um, I think overall, Rob, uh, sorry, overall, John, Kane for you, are we seeing the Harry Kane that we all know now in a Spurs shirt?
7: Yeah, I mean, the, the saying is, um, form is temporary, class is permanent. And, and like Lee just said, anybody who, who writes Harry Kane off, He's going to look like a mug because he's going to score goals, you know, for him in any team um, and he's going to score goals. So it was always going to be a matter of time. Look, he's he said that there's no, there's been no hangover from what happened to him in the summer with City. That's up for debate. I think that has to be at some point because I think in his mind, rightly or wrongly, he thought he was going to leave. Um, so the fact he hasn't, that's going to have some effect. I think also the fact, he played until july the 12th i think it was he obviously captain england he he said before that he puts country before club so that was an emotional time for him L- losing the finals probably hit him really really hard um and he's come back late for training so he's already on the back foot um and plus then you've got the the game against palace the game against chelsea where Spurs just didn't create anything, so he's not going to score when he doesn't touch the ball. Um, <clears throat> but I think it comes back to the 4-2-3-1. Four, four, you know, second half for Arsenal, he's had two or three chances. That he would he normally score. And from that point, you know, second half against Arsenal, Villa, he could have scored three or four. And then uh, yesterday, he, he looked, you know, sharp in front of goal. So, yeah, it was always going to be a matter of time um, until he came good. I think we've just got a sort of a mentality in this country where we have something good and I guess I'm in the industry that is responsible for it, but we have something good and we want to bring them down. Um, you know, So sort of the coverage of his uh, performance against Hungary for England was, you know, very strange again because he played in a, in a team that didn't pass to him. Um, so yeah, he was always going to come good. And, He's a guy who, when, once he scores one, he'll go on a run. So, you know, yeah. I can easily see him scoring against West Ham next week and then, you know, get 20 goals again, for sure.
0: We most certainly hope so, we do. Rob, come around to you. What I'm, what I'm intrigued to ask you, Rob, is as a commentator, does it take the edge off now that, you know, when you're going there, you're, you're giving it, you know, everything about the commentary of a goal and suddenly you've got a VAR review and you, I mean, just, it yeah. must be so hard for you now commentating on games where you're not even sure if the goal is going to count or if it does count, you then got to get excited again about the goal <laughs> after it's initially been ruled out. I mean, what's that like for you in the role that you're doing now as a commentator?
4: Yeah, well, I've sort of changed my attitude to it, Ricky, because what was happening was, you know, especially working for Spurs TV, the goals live way beyond when they first go on the website and everything. They're just like used forever. So if you go, Kane might be off, blah, 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 blah. The goal's dead. So I just go big, 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 wait and see if they disallow it. Uh, which I did yesterday because he looked onside to me in real time. I didn't think he was off. I thought at least one of the Newcastle defenders was playing him on. It was heavy Keo at right back. Um, but then there was that there was a nice moment yesterday where because um we get the VAR feed and we knew it was a goal, but the players didn't. And I think you probably had it on Sky anyway, where you like, tell them tell them tell the players, and then you see Regulon spring over to Kane, and they sort of get that moment again. Um, But um, it was a a lovely finish from Kane. I think all of his goals, actually, this season have been pretty natural finishes. Mm. Um, You know, most of them have been against weaker opposition. We know that. Um, But had a start, I forgot to use, actually, now in the commentary, that in 15-16, I think it was, he started like this, didn't score in his opening six, and then finished with, like, 25 or 27 or something. So, um, nothing to really worry about, I don't
6: think. got 29 that season. 29. In the Premier League, yeah. So, nothing, Um, you
4: know.
6: What are you worried about? Yeah. Just to interact interact on it, I've done all the stats on it last. In seven seasons, he's averaging his first six games, because it was at that point where he's only played six games. He averaged two goals in the first six games in the Premier League when you bear in mind all the things Jonathan you just talked about in terms of pre-season and all that sort of stuff and the final hitting hard he didn't even play the first two premier league games either. he wasn't even selected he wasn't even in the country so yeah. but he's actually only been played five against that six and and now he's only he's scored one already so i, I just i'm never worried about harry kane you know the mentality of the guy yeah. even if you know half of him was in manchester or, or, or whatever it might be He's still always going to give his all. This is his boyhood club as well. Like he's always going to give his all, regardless of who he's playing for, because he's a professional. To the, in my opinion, to you know, from head to toe. So, yep. you know, I think, um, yeah, I, I still think, you know, I still think he'll end up being top goal scorer. Personally, I do, because you know, again, I want to, I want to look at it positively. I think, what, yeah, what, how many goals is it, what, who's top goal scorer at the moment? Is it Salah? Is Salah up there at the moment? Yeah, I think Salah's, I think, Salah's up Barbie, isn't it? I think they yeah. You're right. Yeah, seven maybe. Seven and seven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, Bader, was, yeah, a couple of hat tricks. He'd be all right.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't really score them anymore, Lee. I mean, he 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 got one obviously. Uh, when did he get one recently? Yeah, he, he got one the other week. He got one in the, way, he? He one in the, in the coverage yeah. league, and he yeah. got one against Maccabi last season. But other than yeah. that, he hasn't been scoring hat tricks for. Yeah. For Spurs. Well, I tell you yeah. what, Rob.
0: If you, if you want to score braces between now and the end of the season, every game, we'll be more happy about that. If
6: we're happy, yeah. well, Bw on screen there makes a really good point. He did have a smile <laughs> on his face, and you know it is so. I don't know, uh, you know, Jonathan. You, you know, and and Rob, you're in and around the game all of the time. Do, do you think that that is important to have? You know, any workplace you're going into, if you're enjoying it, if you've got a smile on your face, if you're mm. if you're going in in an upbeat mood, you're probably going to give. Even if it's an extra one or two percent, and this at this level, at elite level, fine margins isn't all the time. So if we can get an extra one percent because he's smiling, that's happy days, isn't it? Do you think that makes a difference, like when you're going in with that that sort of attitude? And reckon, John, make a difference. Yeah,
7: I, th- I think you're right. Then just going back to to my point earlier, I think you know, the longer away we get from what happened in the summer, then you know, the less is going to be a. Um, an issue for him is, his sort of mind is clear now he knows the situation um, uh, and like I say you know he, if he's scoring if, if Hurricane is scoring goals then he's a happy guy um, and he's going to be smiling so yeah I like I said I think it's, you watch him kick on now he will score yeah. 20 goals 20 league goals this season absolutely no problems whatsoever
4: Totally agree Rob do you agree on that with Lee? Always about a smile is it all about smiling?
7: <laughs> I, think, I think
4: he'll be playing with him in some probably helps, doesn't it? It's like Sonny's always smiling. There was a great moment where I think Sonny crossed it near post and Kane didn't attack it or something like that. And there was a close-up of Sonny and he just goes, H, like that, just where were you kind of thing. Um, I think there's, you know, I think there's still a lot of good feeling in that group. And Harry Kane was obviously feeling great in December of last year when it looked like Spurs might have an unlikely title challenge. They were top of the Premier League and he was Banging in goals and assisting goals and everything. You know, we know he's the kind of guy who does look at individual records. He'll openly talk about that kind of thing. I'm sure, you know, if he ends up staying at Spurs um, for even longer than this season, it's Jimmy Greaves. You know, he's after that. Um, but no, he, he, looks, he looks happy and he just needs to find his foot. And it's been mitigating circumstances, but um, yeah. we all know he's, a, he's one of the best in the world. Oh, man, agreeable. Totally agree. Well, for our listeners on audio, we are going to go for a short break. Take you into this break, you're going to hear from
0: Nuno Espirito Santo and Harry Kane giving their thoughts on post match reaction to Tottenham Hotspur, beating Newcastle United at the weekend. Um, when we return, we'll be discussing, like I say, that really, really scary scene at St. James's Park of a fan going into cardiac arrest. The air. Uh, I say the, the brilliant work of Eric Dyer, Sergio Reguilon, actually the whole Spurs squad, and amongst Newcastle as well. The way everybody rallied together there, and as we know, I think the fan, uh, thankfully, um, is now awake and responsive in hospital. So that's like, so we wish them all the best on behalf of the whole team here at the last one at Spurs, and of course we're discussing some of the players' performances. Do not go anywhere. And, of course, we've got Vitesse to come as well. We'll be back after this very, very
5: short break. OK, Harry's here at St James's. 3-2 in the end. And, uh, well, that was quite an afternoon all told, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, well, first and foremost, I think um, we want to send our, our biggest wishes to to the guy in the stands, obviously. Um, we hear that he's stable now and uh, it was horrible to see, horrible to to witness, thankfully, the medical staff and I think the, the fans there and obviously the, some of the players reacted really quickly. So, um, yeah, not, not nice and uh, we just hope he... Recovers as well and, and we wish them all the best um, yeah in, in terms of the game it was a tough game It was we knew they was going to come out with a fast start and obviously them getting the goal early was definitely that but um, I thought after that we controlled the game really well we stayed composed kept possession created some good chances and, and obviously took a couple and then um, yeah after the re- restart got the goal just before half time uh, second half I think we controlled the game really well but there was definitely opportunities there the final ball the final pass to be better and we could have got the fourth or the fifth and in the Premier League, you know, it's just one chance to the other team, they score and then stoppage times a little bit more nerve-wracking than it needs to be. But um, overall, a, a great away, uh, a win for us and hopefully we can take this forward. Yeah, 100%. Look, we knew what we were coming in
5: here to today. Uh, I must admit, I was thinking look, if, if they score early, it's going to be a real test of character and that's exactly how it turned out. And that character test was passed today, wasn't it? Yeah,
3: absolutely. Like I said, they come out of the blocks, they scored early, the crowd were rocking. But then after that, we didn't panic, you know, we kept the ball. And that was the most important thing today, keeping possession, make sure we move the ball, keep the crowd as quiet as possible, really. Uh, and then we knew the spaces would be there to, to open them up. And uh, like I say, first half, we were clinical, took our chances really well. Um, but yeah, we we can obviously improve and get better. But uh, there's two good wins on the bounce down in the Premier League. Hopefully we can uh, have another one next week. You just feel like we're on a roll now. again, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think we're, uh, yeah. And that's the Premier League for you. I think there's a lot of great teams in the Premier League. Whether you, There's no easy game, whether you're playing bottom of the league, temp, top of the league. It's always a tough test. And um, that's the, the, the beauty of the, the Premier League. So, uh, no, we're looking forward to, to the games ahead. Like I said, it's nice to win, get that winning feeling. Um, and hopefully we can continue now in Europe in the week and then obviously next week, uh, I think against West Ham. Was that your first goal in the Premier League today as well? No one's mentioned it. Actually. I know, I know. No, obviously, nice to get off the mark, I know. There's always a lot of talk whenever I go a few games without scoring but you have been scoring, that's the thing. No you know, I am I'm a man who who wants to score in every game I play of course, but I know I don't panic when there's a few games that I don't score. So whether it's Premier League, Europe, international, whatever it may be, I'm ready for every game and ready for any chance that comes my way. So I think that was my tenth goal overall this season and hopefully I can add a few more in the in the coming games.
5: You know well done. Excellent performance and look we, we knew what we were coming into today and to come back from going the goal behind that was that was good wasn't it yeah it was good uh, it was good but we didn't start well we didn't start well we was we, we, we a little bit of possession
1: we allowed newcastle to what you say the atmosphere and them they motivated but we reacted well something that we are improving on and, and we play
5: so good mm. we play really really good football. in a strange way nuno did the fact is it almost it's not good, but is it almost good that we went a goal down because we then get that test of character in this in this place, no, which was it's
1: not good. It's not good. Something that we have and we are capable of not doing doing that. The idea was to control the game from the beginning, uh, take advantage of the of the players and the talent that we have, knowing that the, the opponent is going to come stronger. New throw everything that you and you have to sustain that and something that is not good definitely not good i was
5: just i was thinking more like as a of no, character no 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 because we came through that no 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 we
1: we build our character our character from the beginning of the game with our tasks and our jobs
5: i mean some of the football was, was outstanding yeah, wasn't it yeah
1: today was was really good i think um, yeah first half the chances that we had the way we break Second half, the lines, the possession, work hard without the ball. Don't allow anything to Newcastle. Unfortunately, in the end of the game, they had they had this goal, that came from from nothing. But the way we control and doing work, we really good. Well, look,
5: you, you said how important it was to beat Villa last time out. It's also just as important after an international break to come back and play that well. And, and now we're now on a roll again, aren't we?
1: Yeah, yeah. International break are always disruption. Um, this time we were able to do it well, it was, was good, but uh, to get back in the rhythm, the boys need to play together, uh, stay a, long, a lot of time, creating partnerships, uh, and this is, I think, the way we should improve.
5: And just finally, Nuno, obviously there was a very serious yeah. medical situation and we hope that fan is, is okay now, but I thought our players it was amazing. reacted it was amazing. really it was amazing.
1: well, didn't well, Eric uh, Reguilon also was aware and, and started running. and. and I think the referee did uh, the right decision. There's nothing more important than human lo- human life. and We have the news that is stable, and that's the best thing that happened today. Brilliant stuff. No, no, well thank done. you.
0: Delay to the game, of course, when we saw really scary scenes at Sam James's Park, Parker fan. As think going into cardiac arrest, Eric de- Eric died, demanding that a fibrillator was to be rushed to the stands due to the medical emergency. We then saw Sergio regular initially get the referee's attention and order the match to be stopped. Um, as we said there, it was great to see... Um, the Spurs lads coming together, the way they respond to that situation. I'm sure we all feel very proud by the way they respect, they, they reacted. Because um, I say, I think, Lee, that kind of incident, I think it puts it all into perspective, doesn't it? You know, we get all carried away in the, in the, well, in the anything about football. You know, we get so involved in the game that sometimes, you know, taking a step back like that, it was a really, really scary moment, wasn't it?
6: Well, absolutely. And, and it seems that you know, Tottenham, for, uh, for better or for worse, seem to be involved in these types of incidents. Obviously, we had in it's the Euros crazy. one of our yeah, one of our ex players, one of the legends at our football club, Christian Eriksen. Um, obviously, happened to him. Davinson Ginola is has uh, had his own problems as well. Um, I was at uh, White Hart Lane when uh, Fabrice Mwamba went down um, on on the pitch, which was massively scary. Uh, I was in the south stand, the old south stand, and um, we were we were uh, up in the in the second tier, and we couldn't really understand what was happening. Like it was the first time we'd ever seen anything like that. I can't remember what year it was. I'm sure one of the, one of you boys might might remember, but um, we were there and we were thinking, like, well, come on, get on with it. Oh, you know, get up, you know, as you would, you think, oh, you know, he's just, and all of a sudden he weren't moving. And, you know, it's, it's very, very scary in the way that they, uh, you know, the medical professionals that day, uh, obviously with Christian Eriksen as well. And of course, yesterday. Um, and, and again, yeah, crackers makes a f- fantastic point there as well. Uh, just out of the Foundation um, is is doing some outstanding work with yep. uh, the trying to get them into all of the key venues because there yep. is absolutely no doubt that the defibrillator saved that uh, that fan's life yesterday. There's no doubt yep. about it. The the, um, the medical professional that actually was in the crowd said, uh, I saw an interview with him. And he, he came out and said, actually, if, if that if that guy was at home, he, mm. he might not have made it. But actually, the fact that he was there and there was the defibrillator on 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 hand, if you like probably saved his life. So, um, yeah, I mean, very, very scary. It does put it into perspective that, you know, the, the guy's just gone to a football match. I mean, I'll I, I share something quite personal w- with you all now. Um, I was at the Real Madrid game, uh, Tottenham versus Real Madrid, um, and uh, I'd had a few beers and I'd had a few espressos or I do like a coffee like in the day um and I you know I I went a bit mad and you know when the third goal went in I went absolutely like mad like the whole crowd did and so on and so forth um and uh it it put my heart out Uh, that night it put my heart I didn't didn't have a cardiac arrest or anything like that but it put my heart out into um uh into a different rhythm um and I tried to go and have some treatment and all that sort of stuff so it just it is very very scary that Things like just a few beers, or you know, just getting over excited and that sort of stuff, and just going to a football match can actually yeah. do something like that with, with you know. So, so just be be careful out there, to everybody. G- genuine serious message: just be careful of what you're doing mm-hmm. and stuff. My, my thoughts uh, are with. I'm, I'm really pleased that he's he's going to make seemingly a full recovery. So, uh, well done to everyone involved.
0: Yeah, just on Cracker's point there in terms of the Justin Edinburgh Foundation, we've actually got Charlie, who's, who's actually recorded a very nice piece and um, that you're going to hear during this show, just in terms of the work the Foundation are doing behind the defibrillators. So you're going to hear that, and um, like I say, in one of the ad breaks. Um, I just want to bring it back to the football, John, because the Spurs, we did score straight after that restart. It was actually a brilliant move from Tottenham. Lucas Pratt into Ndombele, who then turned superbly, got it back from the Brazilian. He beats the man, plays it through the cane and he hit across to Son to slide into the back post. Now, I can tell you, John, um, if we're, and you notice know as well, if we're scoring goals like that every week, then I think um, Nuno, got it be Nuno ball, not Nuno out. Do you know what I mean? It was, a, it was a lovely move from Tottenham. I mean, what did you make of that goal? Yeah,
7: yeah uh, really good. Really good goal, you know, dynamic movement from, from Lucas. That's why he does so well his abilities. It's almost like almost a standing start to burst past players. Um, you know, he played a good ball into to Kane and then the only one one outcome from when Kane got the ball. Um came straight after the stoppage. Don't know how much that affected um things, you know. My opinion Newcastle, a bit harder, I guess, just because of the circumstances and everything. They obviously might have been uh, a bit flat, but Spurs were actually on top before that. They were they were really pressing for that third goal um before before the stoppage. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I guess, Spurs fans crave attacking uh, sort of like fast one-touch football and and like, oh, you got it. So, yeah, great football.
0: I totally agree. I mean, Rob, you know, I mean, and again, as I keep referring to this as a commentator, I mean, that. I think for me as a Spurs fan, that's the dream goal to be commentating on because the, the movement, the one-touch football, uh, you know, we call it liquid champagne football. It was such a lovely move. It was two lovely bits of skill from both Ndombele and Lucas who played that ball into Kane behind again. His low cross there, touchdown from Son. And I think the way the team celebrated that moment, you could just sense, you know, that was a lovely, lovely goal. And, um, you know, for scoring goals like that all the time, I said to Jonathan, there's not much to complain about for getting the results, right?
4: No, it was a great, it was a lovely move, obviously. And it was nice to see all of that front four combined so fluidly. Like, I was trying to find like an acronym for you know, like a desk kind of thing. But oh, there's yeah, yeah. nothing
0: we, we, we need to find something,
4: we need to create one, Rob. I think we need to. Well, get I was something like, I was, I was texting a uh, Ben who presents N17, and I was like, mm-hmm. so like Son Lucas and and Don Kane, like slank. That was the slank was the best I could get. But, but, but we get going, we could try. And yeah, get it no, I don't. I don't think slank's going to catch up. But it was, it was, look, it was a really nice goal. Um, I, I think, you know, the, I think part of the issue when, you know, when you're a Spurs fan, you see that goal, you're like, that feels like the team, you know, the potch, you know, the free-flowing, the lovely goals like that. And I think what Spurs fans have found difficult in the last couple of years is accepting that that team is no more. And that Spurs have now dropped a level below Chelsea, Liverpool, and City. Chelsea, Liverpool and City are doing something else. And I think it's hard not to lament that the 15, 16, 16, 17 Spurs teams were competing at that level, were playing at that level, were scoring goals the way that you know Salamane and Firmino are combining, all this stuff. But when you, you know, that's why it's nice to see little moments like that goal yesterday. And you want it, you want to see. You want to see more of it. All those guys on the same wavelength, understanding the off-the-ball movement. Um, and nice to see Kane and Son linking up for a 35th Premier League goal together. You know, one away from the record from uh, Lampard and, and uh, Drogba. Um, so, yeah, great stuff.
0: And I must just say, because um, we're getting loads of comments bombarded here, so... Uh, yeah. We are totally aware that Crystal Palace are beating Arsenal by two goals to one. Um, if that result takes a miraculous turn, you will never hear this in this show. We will somehow have to delete it out. But yes, Crystal Palace are beating Arsenal. <laughs> you heard it here first.
6: <laughs> he's, he's been a good signing, hasn't he? Just, just quickly, he's been a good signing. Uh, comes off for, for his debut, Edward. He scores mm. two against us. and you know, He's scored yep. again tonight, which hopefully will be the winner for them. Yep. Um, so, yeah, he's, 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 they, they took a bit of a gamble on him, didn't they? Coming mm. from, uh, from Celtic, but he's done pretty well. Yeah, I mean, we don't do strikers, do we, Lee? That's the problem with us. We only we no, just no, we don't one, do strikers. So, uh,
0: yeah, we don't do strikers. No, defenders no got tr- plenty of them. Midfielders got a load of them. Strikers not round here. No, no not chance.
6: Don't no, no. um, need strikers.
0: Don't need strikers. Oh, bring it back to the game. Um, we saw John Joe Sel- Shelby get sent off for of Newcastle in mean, what was a really uh, silly, silly challenge for bringing down Regulon cynically after a similarly cynical challenge on Dombalay. Um, earlier, so Newcastle going down to 10, but Spurs, as we said earlier, still making life so difficult for themselves as they would always do. Uh, Eric Dyer putting a ball into his own net completely by himself. My ad, I, I didn't see a, a Newcastle shirt inside. No. So the, the thing
6: is, the thing is about that, Rick, as well, with Eric Dyer, just quickly on, um, on uh, on Reggie, I thought he mm. played, I thought he was excellent yesterday, it's one of his best games, personally. That I, I thought he played. Um, and he was very clever to, to get that free kick because he'd done whatever what you'd want everybody to do, is run across his man, um, which is exactly what he did. And John shows himself he had no choice. I think that's the second time he's got sent off in a Newcastle shirt, uh, shirt Sorry, against Tottenham. So, you know, you couldn't make it up. Completely uh, mental. With Eric Dyer, and this comes back to the point that uh, Rob and I were talking about right at the, at the beginning on Eric Dyer with their mistakes, uh, thanks BW, um, is that um, he... He actually gave away the free kick as well. I mean, you could not make this stuff up. So not only did he score an own goal, but he actually gave away the free kick that led to him scoring the own goal when there was no one about no no one around him, as you said. So you know, it's just little things like that that we've got to get out. I, I remember, uh, who doesn't remember? You know, three it up, eight minutes to go against West Ham. I think it was on this day. Oh, um, yeah, it, was, you know, it was. It was it, the worst back, thing. Back yeah, back yeah. West Ham yeah. started tweeting about it earlier. Yeah, but the point is, is that. No, the, the goals that we were conceding were coming in from free kicks in and around them, them both of them areas. I think yep. we conceded that. that I think we have done a show on it, Rick, didn't we? we? We conceded Newcastle, um that Eric Guy ball from a, Everton a, into the box, Everton from a free kick into the box, um yep. West Ham from a free kick into the box and Sackler the same way, Brighton yep. from a free kick into the box. I mean, you yep. couldn't make the stuff up. It was literally the whole time. So... We just need to get that out of out us. Of, maybe it's us, Week. Maybe we're reminding everybody that we keep giving away these free kicks. We'll the worst out. thing is that we remember those four isolated goals out of oh, the worries me. Yeah, because just in them instance from last year, that, that was probably about nine points. I think it was eight or nine points or so. Yeah. That gets you in the top four. So yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a, oh, interesting. Same referee too. Nice one, crackers! Can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. Man, I mean, it's, it's actually, man. getting them sort of little silly mistakes out of Eric yeah. Dyer's game, and I, f- I, think he can be, I think he can be immense. What, what yeah. I qu- want to say on Eric as well, because I think feels like I've given him a bit of a hard time, and I, uh, for, uh, I agree. What well, foot was excellent when, when he played in central midfield in in the posh days. I think he made his debut, didn't he, against West Ham? Scored the win in the ninth second minute. He played right back that day. And then they dropped him into central midfield, and he played as a central midfield player. And he and he looked like a beast, didn't he? He was against. He was. He was either with uh, Musa or he was with uh, Wanyama. Yama. Um, and he was. He was very, very good. Like dropping in as a as a third centre back, a little bit like what the Hoiberg um, uh, role's been when you was talking Rob earlier about that like that triangle, you know. And but now Eric's got to take that on himself as a central defender. And there's more responsibilities, no one. He hasn't got Jan Vertonghen or uh, Toby Oliver to bail him out if he makes a mistake. He's got to do it himself. So, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what you lads think. What, what do you lads think? Do you think yeah. he can be that that man for the rest of the season?
0: Well, John, it's interesting. I mean, John, just coming around to you. When you, when you look at Dyer's game there, essentially, he had a couple of static moments, which the Newcastle attackers played on. But I thought, as a whole, he, he was solid. Um, but again, he managed to... Which What Dyer does a lot, he manages to ruin all his hard work by a moment of erraticness. Can you understand that, John? Will he ever be for you um, that that transformative defender we want him to be next to Romero? Because for me personally, I just don't see that happening. I still feel Spurs need to go out and buy a centre-back alongside him. What do you think?
7: First of all, I think I'm just going to coin a little bit of slack with a goal because, well, yeah, it looks horrendous. Um, But the ball actually came over Romero and he couldn't see it. and He got himself in a bit of a mess. So he hit... It was unfortunate it wasn't that bad play um but i think your overall point yes i think um i don't agree really no i don't think Dyer is the long-term solution for sends i think he's been there long enough now and i actually agree i thought he played really well yesterday i think he's generally started the season well um but he started last season well and then um you know, as the guys were saying earlier, there's always a mistake in him. It's usually high profile. It usually costs a goal. You know, I'm thinking um, the Chelsea penalty when he just took took down Werner last last season. The game at Leeds where there were two in like a few minutes. Um, so you sort of think they haven't hinded themselves out of his game yet. Are they ever going to? I don't know. Um, but... You Know if he can sort of continue the form he's had this season, maybe, but I still, I still think Spurs really need to invest in, in a guy who's going to be able to play next to him next to Romero for sort of like the next five years. Or so,
0: yeah, it, it's interesting because I think a lot of people pick up on the comments that, um, what's Roden done wrong? Why isn't Roden getting a look in at the moment? And, um, you know, it, it's interesting because coming around to you. Uh, Rob, you know, on Romero first, I thought, you know, he was caught out of position a few times that first half after some rash lunges. But um, again, I think he's still, for me, just trying to get to know, you know, get to reason with the Premier League. And that's going to take a bit of time. He's coming from a completely different league, um, as we know. And, you know, Italian to Premier League, they're two leagues that are playing at a completely different pace. It's a different energy level. And I think it will take him some time. And we have to also take into account Romero has just come back off international duty to then come and play for Tottenham and that's not easy in itself but um as a whole I, I would say that in that he looked better in the second half. He looked leggy at times because of the um international commitments like Emerson. But are you excited for what you've seen so far of Romero and who do you think will be that preferred partner between now and the end of the season? Will it be Eric Dyer for you?
4: Yeah I think I think it's dire if, if no one else comes in and I don't think uh someone will come in, in January. I don't I actually don't think Given the areas the other areas of the squad that I, I would personally think need improving before that, I don't think centre back is a priority. Um, I think Romero gives you probably that proper top class centre back that you're looking for. Then you've got Sanchez and Dyer. I wouldn't say there's much between them. I think Dyer's reading of the game is better than Sanchez, but Sanchez has got that pace to recover scenarios when things go wrong. Joe Roden's interesting because he wasn't even on the bench yesterday. jafet Tanganga was on there and I think Jaffet's on the bench ahead of him, obviously, because Jaffet can, can play a couple of positions. Joe Roden's clearly solely a centre back at the moment, um, and you know, and and Joe only just coming back from injury, had a long Euro campaign, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, you know, he's fourth choice centre back clearly right now, Joe Roden. Um, but you know, I think it's it's going to have to be it's going to have to be the pairing. I think you know, addressing in terms of long term. Well, who do you sign? What are you signing next? I think central midfield, in terms of the two positions, as I mentioned earlier, and another striker are bigger priorities than than centre back. I think for what Spurs are trying to do, which is trying to squeak mm-hmm. into that top four and be that team ahead of Man United or Leicester, or whoever. Yeah, their is fine, and mm-hmm. that 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 defence is 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 fine. It's about the the balance up the rest of the pitch. I think for me.
6: Yeah, and um, quite like Ricky. Just, just on that, I, I quite like to get a left footer. I think we have been. I think we've been spoilt with, or uh, obviously with Vertonghen. um the balance that he and Toby had, telepathy at times. You know, one's a Bentley, one's a Rolls Royce um, of defenders. You know, we have got Romero now, who who I think he could be a bit more of like a, a a Humvee. Do you know what I mean? Like one of these guys, like still still class, but actually yeah. like more kind of. Like rough and ready, um, yeah. I, I would like to see a left-footed central defender play alongside him. I know, you know, don't get me wrong, we, we need an, another defender, let alone left-footer. But you know, when you see the likes of Vestergaard, for example, go to to, to Leicester City, um, yeah. and you know, Boulder i not saying he's had a fantastic season so far. Leicester have struggled up until uh, last week. And, and obviously, Rob, you commentate uh, on, uh, on the game uh, uh, that the just uh, smashed Manchester United. But you now he's a genuine left footer. You look at the likes of, uh, you know, another England centre back as well in terms of Tyro Mings. Uh, I'm not saying that we're going to go and buy these players because, you know, why would they sell to us? But, you know, again, a, a genuine left footed centre back to actually go. Uh, hand in hand with uh, with Romero, I think that's where anyone that comes into that side who we've got at the moment—Sanchez, a Roden, or a Dyer—they're not genuine left footers. And you know, with the greatest respect, they're doing a job there. Do, do, do you get me? They're doing a job there. They're not—they're not in their best position. I think if you said to Dyer, "You're going to be a centre back, where would you rather play?" He'd say on the right and I think so with Romero, and I think so would Sanchez, you know, and I think so with Tanganga. So, you know, yes, they play where they're meant to play, they're, they're told to play, if you like, but all four of them, um, with Tanganga as well, would want to play on the right side of defence rather than on the left. And I yeah. think that is a that could be a problem for us. I think it'll be interesting,
0: as you said there, in terms of the upcoming window, whether do Spurs do explore, I mean, as Rob, you said, they, they probably won't. Um, yeah, what they do in terms of the centre-backs, because, you know, I think... I. <laughs> It's the worst thing, and Jonathan, you notice know as well by Spurs Twitter. I think uh, if we're judging on there, Eric Dyer, I, <laughs> I think the jury's firmly out that I think the Spurs fans would like to see another centre-back come in, right? I mean, we, listen, we like all signings. So, I mean, I, it's a, it's a really tricky one. But um, just an Emerson Royale, I mean, he was stopping the bit up to that Newcastle's early opener. But I think um, as a player, you know, he improved as the game wore on. Other than the yellow card for not a so subtle attempt to wrestle St. and I thought he had a really good game. Again, you've got to take into account these guys are just coming back off an international duty. Uh, We're having to travel back at crazy times and then come to Spurs to then train, to then play. And um, you've got to take that into account. I thought Regulon, you know, you look at him. He started shakily, but got plenty of space to get forward. He picked down Dombalay for Spurs' equaliser, of course. It was actually the Spaniard, as we said earlier, that got the referee's attention and pointed him towards the emergencies going on in the stands. Um, and I think he was, if you look at this, the players as well, he was one of the more proactive players for Tottenham on the day. Maybe Regan will be improving game by game, um, because you know, we ultimately need that telepathic partnership between that left fullback and and right fullback. We said this so often, you know, we had the days of Danny Rose and Carl Walker. I think that's where Spurs' ultimate success came was from those win-backs. And we have to hope eventually that Spurs are going to have that again. Whether that's from Emerson and Regulon remains to be seen. But um, a player that's getting rave reviews at the moment, I'm conscious of time, because we have to fill in, in as well uh, the Vitesse preview. Vitesse preview. Um, but Jonathan, Oliver Skip, how impressive have you been with him this season? Bearing in mind, he's had to, had to step up from the Championship to the Premier League. Um, at the moment, I think many would say he's probably one of the first names on the team sheet for Tottenham. Is he one of yours? Yes, um, looks
7: the real deal, really. Um, coming back off a, a great season, obviously, at Norwich, played a lot of football, uh, played you know, men's football in the Championship. He's come back. Um, he had an injury, obviously, but he's overcome that pre-season, and he looked really good in pre-season. Um, and I think we spoke about it earlier, so him and Hoibier are that two that have to be. Um, I think the decision not to play him in the in the North London up, up the Arsenal, I think everybody saw saw what happened uh, in the yeah, first half, right. and, and then also saw the difference when he came on at half time. Yeah. Um, so he's he's come on on great, and yes, he's going to be one of the first names on the team sheet. Um, like Rob mentioned there earlier, there is a little bit of a, a dearth behind that. So if if, if um, he or skip, uh, sorry. Poyet gets injured. Who plays there? Yeah. Um, For the minute, um, yeah, he's doing absolutely great. He's going to go on to big things. I think he'll probably, if he carries on this tra- trajectory, he will captain Tottenham. Um, could be sort of like a, you know, a, a career-long one club man. Mm. Um, and everybody would love to see it because he's, he's a Spurs boy. Yeah. So come through the come through the academy and. Um, that's what everybody loves, isn't it? It's now a player who, who comes through yeah. the, the academy
0: and makes in the first team. So, yeah. I yeah. Uh, I think, again, like you, like you said there, for, for me, I think I get a really lovely, important dis- display. I think he was, you know, intercepting much of what Newcastle were trying to do, throwing those balls through to get Spurs going the opposite direction. Really been impressed by him. I've uh, got a question here, actually. We'll ask you this one, Rob. This is from um, Dustin at Debo1980. He says, do you feel that with Bien skipping the middle... We are getting back to the way in which we played the Pochettino all those years ago. It allows that front four to push up and allows the back the full backs to bomb on. What do you think of that question? Well I'll unmute, unmute you there, Rob. That's not bad. That's the first time I've had that, and we've been going for a good hour or so. So uh well played no, so far.
4: I didn't <laughs> want to be the one person to do it. There's always right. one. There's always one. Yeah. Look, um I wouldn't want to get carried away trying to compare anything to that elite pot the the peak potch team you know a, a, a product not only of incredible coaching but some of the most ridiculously good recruitment in Premier League history and you know we we go oh it'd be great to go back to the days of a and Toby at their peak and um and Moosa in the middle and all and and Christian Eriksen it was just like this, the club just nailed it every almost every transfer for, for for a key transfer for a while there was just absolutely unbelievably good um but I think that, you know, I, I like that pairing. I think there are there are a lot of similarities between Skip and Hoybier. They'll do a lot of similar things. I think Skip's probably, despite Ho Hoybier's lovely ball through for the goal, that was similar to the one he did against Wolves last season where he pierced it through the through Conacody and everything. Um I think Skip's probably better technically on the ball. He's got a little bit more of that sort of winks being able to to link the play, but he does like to go forward. He looks at home now in the Premier League. He loves the football club. If you ever seen him speaking about his favourite Spurs players or his memories and everything, he's a proper Spurs boy. Um, and I think many of us were excited. And look, I think in terms of the system, uh, Nuno did try and use him sort of on the right side of a midfield three and in the at the base of the midfield three and all of this. I think, you know, basically he's one of these guys who can play in a two. That is best. And um, I think a future England player, to be honest, yeah.
0: I'm conscious of time, guys. We're going to try and squeeze this in the next five minutes and then do a quick five minutes on Vitesse. Um, PMI Hoybier lead to come round to you. Um, as we discussed earlier, that, that ball through to Kane was just simply sensational, sumptuous, probably the word I would use, but the presence of Skip allowing him to get in that more advanced role now I think does show you the potential of what Hoybier can bring. We've had a question, Hoybier which I want you to answer. Um, this question is coming in. From uh, Spirano one who says we were overly reliant on Hoybier last season, who had to play every minute in the league. I hope Skip coming back would give him the chance to rest, but halfway through October and he still hasn't had a rest. Do we have the personnel to cope without Hoybier to play every
3: week?
6: No, I think I think that's what we touched upon this earlier and, and and John as well uh, spoke about it a minute ago. The strength and depth around you know giving Hoyber a rest, I mean, look. I think we've got enough games. I think if you were to ask uh, Pierre to play every Premier League game, I don't think that's a problem. I think the problem arises, and I've, and I've, 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 I've had my view on this before, Rick, on, on the show a couple of weeks ago, when you start him in the Europa Conference League right, games, because you know, you're know you either using that uh, competition as a development for getting everybody else. How, how can you expect, for example, regardless of what you think of him or not, he's one of our own. He runs through walls for his football club in terms of how he wins regardless of, of, of what you think about him, how can you get Harry Winks up to speed if you're not going to be using him in the Europa League conference games or the Cup games, for example, um, and you're playing Hoiberg? Uh, uh, so, 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 you know, you've got to be able to give the fellow a rest. You have to be able to give the fellow a rest. I think that you're, you're absolutely spot on. Did did he play? Every, I think he played every minute of every game or whatever it was last season, and, and he was fatigued. He then played the whole of the Euros they had a good Euros as well, to be fair, with, with, with Denmark. Um, and you, you need to be able to try to shuffle the pack, shall we say, and balance that around. And I think that the only way you're going to get, you, the only way you're going to get trust back into the likes of Harry Winks or, or or people that are kind of on the fringes to come in and play that, that role is to play them. Like, you know, that, that's the reality. And, you know, Skip's come in. I think he's been absolutely outstanding. And, you know, maybe with having a Skip next to him this season, rather than maybe a La Celso or a Tungundan ballet that Jose was trying to make, as Rob said earlier, trying to make into that kind of mould. Maybe with a skip next to him, he's he's sharing a bit more of that workload. Uh, does that make sense? So maybe he, he he can play a few more games. But you know, the Europa Conference League games for me, the, you know, the early rounds of the FA Cup, um, if we get, you know, easier draws, which you would hope, you know, lower league teams, et cetera. Leave Hoyberg out. Give, give him a rest. Leave. Son he was out.
4: over. He was overused, wasn't he, Lee? I mean, it was it was clear. I mean, he was one of the best players in the Premier League. I thought for the first few months, and then yeah. uh, had a big drop off. I, I, I think back. Yeah. Was it the FA Cup game, Jonathan? The 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 Everton. He had a, he had a gave away a pen and. Yep. Yeah,
7: Manchester yeah,
0: Man City it. a few days later. Was yeah, yeah. he was gave yeah. away another pen, did he? Yes, yeah. it, it was two, yeah. in a, two in a row, wasn't yeah. it? It was two in a row. Yeah, yeah two problem, pens, yeah. wasn't
3: it? Yeah. yeah I, it was I I just, don't know Jose pointed, didn't trust
4: yeah. the team without him. No, he, Jose just would like go. You know, at half time, what was it? What was the four sub game? Antwerp, where it was the four subs at half time, mm. and it's like, oh, ahoy, yeah, beer You know, they need a goal. You Bring in a defensive fielder because he just didn't trust the team without him. So. Yeah, we've already seen
7: that this season, though. With, um, I don't know if you went to Red, uh, Rob. Red, yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, 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 but, yeah. Yeah, like, Spurt's got the other goal
7: and then completely lost control of the game. And Nuno you know, decided to us to put. Um, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so yeah when, when and yeah.
0: came off injured. I, I think, like you said there, John and Rob, I mean, it speaks volumes just how much he's required the fact that, you know, we're prepared to bring him on, even when maybe there's a preferred position. Uh, that would maybe be more favourite, but yet yeah, we're bringing on the defensive midfielder, and that's maybe the leader in yeah. him, um, which he is. But um, just to finish up, I mean, Mora, he thudded a header across, uh, thudded a header against the crossbar from Son's corner, and it was a dribble in the centre of the park that led to Spurs' third goal. Newcastle simply couldn't keep up with the Brazilian. I think we've got to say, Mora's had a really good start to the season. I think there's a, again, Mora's a player that can really polarise opinion. But yeah, again, like I say, um, he works ever so hard for Nuno. And I think that's one of the key reasons why he's in the team. After the game, Nuno said it was a positive performance. Uh, we had the issues of the preparation for the game with the false positives, um, which created disruptions. It was good, but everything they did was because they had the foundation behind them. Skippy and Pierre, they did fantastic. The idea was clear. We were controlling the game really well. And I believe that with all the international break disruption, the more time I have with the players on the pitch, I believe it's better for them. So uh, that was Nuno's thoughts. We are going to go for our final break of the show. Uh, taking into this break, you're gonna hear from Michael Statham for our listeners on audio, who's giving you a quick preview of Vitesse. When we come back due to time, we're gonna give a quick two minutes on this. And like I say, um, give our score prediction.
8: Firstly, on behalf of myself and everybody associated at the foundation, we obviously wanna extend our well wishes to to the fan and make sure that, you know, from, from our perspective, um, themselves and their family know that they have our full support and backing in, in whatever way, shape or form that may be. Um, you know, the je Free Foundation, we exist purely because we, we've we suffered um, and and we've been on the receiving end of, of not such a positive outcome. So we just want to first and foremost um, extend our well wishes to them um, and obviously as well to... The whole collective group that played their part in making sure it was a positive outcome, you know. Um, the players, the medical staff, the supporters, um, you know, obviously I've seen the, the doctor on the news this morning and he he, in my eyes and, and everybody else's eyes should be rightly labelled a hero, you know, for the way that um, he went about what he did yesterday and I think it's um, again just magnifies the importance of the work which the JE3 Foundation is doing and, and other fantastic organisations in this space but it's just it is very difficult and very frustrating that it continues to take incidents like this to occur we obviously had Christian Eriksen during the European Championships in the summer um, and again it's took another instant like this to occur at a football match uh, on a on a television basis and and people around the world being able to witness that, you know, this is happening every day. It doesn't just happen in football stadiums, it it, it happens everywhere and um, it's it's such a silent killer and we need to make sure that we're doing more and and everything in our power to to spread the wider message and that's what we continue to push and do with the JE3 Foundation, you know, it's obviously raising awareness in, in both effective CPR, how to use a defibrillator um, and obviously making sure that we are making them more accessible, um, getting them into places which perhaps they're not at the moment. With obviously my dad's incident, he was he was training in a gym when he had his cardiac arrest and there wasn't a, a defibrillator on site and that's the, the main objective for us is to really push and get as many people to sign the petition for, for Justin's law um, which they can find on our website and we encourage every person that's listening to, to head over and, and sign that and spread that, that petition with their friends and family because it really is going to make a difference, you know. Um, we'll have more more outcomes like yesterday um, as opposed to outcomes like my dad. So it's, it's so, so important that people do stand up and take notice that this can happen to anybody. Um, and we want to make sure that, as we say, there's more positive outcomes. Um, I've I've sat back and I've reflected, obviously, as a as a Spurs fan, there seems to be this horrific grey cloud hanging over Tottenham and connections to to cardiac arrest and heart attacks. Obviously, David Ginola, Glenn Hoddle. Um, you had the incident with Fabrice Mwamba at White Hart Lane many years ago. Obviously, my dad now. And, and obviously, with this incident during the, the Newcastle and Spurs game yesterday, it just seems very... Very bizarre that there is this connection to to tottenham and um, look Dad was um, tottenham through and through and and the club the fans and the supporters meant meant an awful lot to him and if there 's any way that we can help as a foundation um, anybody that's listening, then please feel free to reach out to us um, we can give you advice guidance and and how we can help but yeah, my, my message to anybody again is off the back of yesterday is to to go and learn CPR, go and learn how to use a defibrillator, and and make make yourself aware of where your nearest defibrillator is because they are life life saving pieces of equipment that we do have at our disposal, um, and we can't prevent cardiac arrests happening, but we can prevent um, the outcome being a, a tragic one. So, yeah i think you know that that would be my message and and hopefully um you know people do stand up take notice of of the importance of of this this situation and this cause
2: hello my name is michael statham i'm an editor of, of football araña which is a dutch football website in the english language with the biggest source of dutch football in the english language you can check us out on facebook twitter YouTube, we have a website, um, we interview players, we do podcasts, that kind of thing. So check us out if you like Dutch football. So Vitesse are a team who aren't like Ajax, PSV, Final, RZ. They're, they're, they're qualified into Europe this season. They have qualified into it before, but they're not one of the big glamorous teams that you, you know of in the Eredivisie. I think people have heard of Vitesse Arnhem because of their links to Chelsea in the past. There is still a link between the two clubs, but you don't see as many lone players going there anymore to the Netherlands. Um, As for this season, they have a German coach. His name is Thomas Lech. Last season, he led them to a really, really good season. They finished fourth in the Eredivisie and they went through the Europa Conference League qualifiers to make make the group stage. And that was a big deal for the club because European football is, is the kind of level they want to rise to. Um, they don't normally challenge the title. In fact, they've only ever won one thing before in their history, and that was the Dutch Cup. So you know what kind of team you're against here in terms of stature and history. If you want to try and compare their level uh, to a side in England, I guess you could say that you're looking at a team that would do very well in the Championship. I don't think there'd be Premier League quality. But that's not to say that the the level of the the Eredivisie is weak. It's actually a very good league. It's a very strong one. But, um, you know, you're not going to be facing... A top-level side here. I think that this this side is the third-best side in the group. Um, a better than Murder, but also not as good as Rennes. Vitesse played at Rennes at home and lost 2-1. They they had a good game against them, uh, but in the end it was a couple of defensive errors that led to them losing. They went wandel up, and the style that you see from Vitesse quite a lot is that they all battle really really hard. They might get the lead and they try and defend it. In fact, at the moment they're on a run of three away clean sheets in a row uh, because of the way that they, they like to play away from home. But they have struggled more at home this season. They've had a couple of really poor results actually against sides that they should be beating in the area of Izzy. But I think the results were a, 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 an unfair reflection on, on quite how, how good this team can be. They get themselves up for the big European nights and in qualifying they managed to get past Andalette over two legs from Belgium a good team, coached by Vincent Kompany. So, you know, you, you can see that this is going to be a tricky game for Spurs, particularly if they're going to be rotating a lot of their players. Um, in terms of the formation, Vitesse will play a, a 5-3-2. They've been known to play that in every single game. Um, Marcus Schubert is a goalkeeper, a young goalkeeper, but a very good one. Um, Dassa is the right back, or right wing back. Max Vitek is the left wing back. He's a good player. I think you need to watch out for him on the left wing. And they'll play with three centre-backs. Daniel Oducki, Rasmussen and uh, Richelieu Basur. Richelieu Basur is a midfielder by trade, but has been playing centre-back for the past year and a bit. That's the way um, Thomas Lech, the test manager, has got the best out of him. Basur is a really interesting character. At 25 now, he wanted to move back abroad because he tried going abroad after leaving Ajax um, when he was younger, but it didn't go well for him. So he came back to the Netherlands. And he's known to have astute problems, but he, he, on the whole, has got over those now. But he didn't get his move last summer, after a really impressive season last season. And he's still at the club. He's still trying to give his all-for-the-tests. But he he is an interesting character. On the ball, he's fantastic. He's got a great long-range pass. He's good at his defending. He moves the ball on well. Uh, But if you ride him up, he's he's someone who can get sent off. In midfield, though... Most likely have um, Transtad, the Norwegian midfielder, and Mat- Matos Bello is the captain of the club. He may play in midfield, or Jan Djebo will play there, who is an attacking midfielder. They'll play a, 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 probably two strikers, which will be Lewis Appender or um, Darth Lau, or Frederiksen. All decent strikers. Appender's known for his pace, Darfur Lau for his physicality. Be interested to see what they go with against Tottenham. Um, but they're, they're a team that don't have many individuals. They don't have much individual quality, but together as a team, they're, they're doing pretty well. And, and you can see the togetherness of the side it, It's really strong. They're full of Dutch players, but also international players. So they all speak English together. Uh, they've got some really good going on at the test. But I would say that if you can show your quality against them, you can certainly beat them. When the tests went away to Ajax this season, they were beaten 5-0 and it was a real drubbing. So if they if, if you can get a goal in or two in quite quickly, I think they're going to find it hard to put the pressure back onto Spurs and try and change the game. I think that they'll want to go in their favour, keep it at 0-0 or 1-0 up for as long as they can or 1-0 down for as long as they can and then they'll try and sneak a goal later on with a winning. They'll try and defend it and see it out. I don't see it working though. I think, I think Tottenham will have quality... No matter who, who's playing, I think even a rotated squad could give the tests a good game and probably get the better of them. So I'm actually going to go with, um, I'm, I'm, I'm torn between a 1-1 draw or a 2-1 Spurs win. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Spurs because I don't quite know who's going to be playing for you guys. But I do think uh, that they'll, they'll play a few decent players and it'll just be a bit too much for the tests. But I think with, with it being a sellout crowd in Arnhem, they're going to raise their game on the evening. And I think, It'll be a really, really interesting first half and that will really tell what happens the rest of the game. Whether the Tests are on top or the Spurs get a couple of goals in early and, and it's a really easy evening for them. Um, what else is there to say? I think that it's going to be a tricky side for the to break down with that 5-3-2. Um, my prediction is that I think Spurs will win. And yeah, if you guys like Dutch football, uh, come and check us out, football.rania.com. Our website, we've got Twitter, YouTube and Facebook too. Um, thanks for having me by the way uh, Ricky and and team Uh, I look forward to the game
6: Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too the platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business your people enabling organisations not only to make the correct hiring decisions but also how to benchmark, train and retain them Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey.
0: Vitesse preview, guys. Thursday night, um, it's the Conference League again. It's our most popular show of the week, if not. Let's come to you, Rob. Uh, Vitesse, you were saying that obviously you knew them a little bit in terms of uh, their profile. I mean, they did really well to edge out and in that qualifying round, drawing 3-3 three, three away and winning the 2-1 at home, thanks to Maximilien Witex double-strike, Um and then Thomas Lech side, they they stretched out in this pool for 2 0 success against NS Mora, where Sondre Tonstrad and Daniel Dockey were on target. What kind of side are we facing, Rob, on Thursday night? And we are going to unru- unmute Rob again to allow the quality to
4: come through the mic. <laughs> they had a spell last season <laughs> where uh, it looked like they were in the title race. They went on this sort of mad run where they won five or six games after Christmas. And you thought um, they were in the, the title running. You know, Ajax are, you know, by far and away the best team in the country. Uh, but they're very, um, they are a good team. It's three at the back. They've got uh, these very aggressive wing backs, including Maximilian Vitek, who you mentioned there, who will who will get forward to score goals on the right-hand side. It will be Eli Dassa, who's a Israeli international. They'll bomb on. The one thing, there's two things to watch out for, I think, with this team. They normally play with two up top. They had Armando Breuer, who scored for Southampton uh, the other day, who was up front for them last season, but he's, he's not there no more, obviously. Uh, one player is called Rashid Bazur, who plays at centre-back. He wears number 10. He plays at the heart of that back three, and he'll try and just dribble up the pitch. He's just given a role from centre-back because he used to be an attack midfielder where he can just, from centre-back, go wherever the hell he wants. So Rashedli Bazur, we'll see him do that. The other thing we'll, is that, Usama Tanan, who was was sort of their their playmaker, this sort of stocky, brilliant, technical player. He's currently been booted out of the squad by Thomas Lech because he's got an attitude problem. He's had numerous discipline issues through his career. So they are missing probably their best creative player at the moment. But a tough test, you know. Spurs got unlucky with that group, tough group. I'm sure Nuno would love to be playing, you know, the academy guys and giving Nile John minutes and blah, 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 blah. Um, But it's a tough game.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting you say that, Rob. Coming over to you, John. Um, you know We've seen this season a, a real mixture from Nuno. You know, he's actually you know, filled with the likes of Harry Kane in this competition. Uh, we've seen more. I think we've seen Son as well feature as well. Um, what kind of team do you expect to see, John, on, on Thursday? Are, are Spurs going there to almost kind of get this job done to a point of getting this qualified and then look to maybe um, use the squad as a development tool? Or How do you see Spurs panning out in terms of that squad going there? Well, I think it's probably the, the
7: second toughest game. In the group. I think Renaway was the first. Um, I think he has to bear West Ham in mind on Sunday. I don't think you'll see a really, really strong team. I think there'll be a lot of changes, but I don't think he can afford to go sort of like Academy Kids because I think we'll get turned over. Um, Spurs have had trouble in these sort of games over the last 18 months. We saw in the Europa League last year, that worked. Um <clears throat> So, I, th- I think there will be a few changes. I think Berglion uh, will come back in, the back four will probably change, Sanchez will play, Roden, etc. Uh, Dr. Doct- Davis. Um, but I think it will be fairly senior still.
0: A lot of Spurs favourites there, you mentioned in there, John.
6: A lot of people getting very excited with that.
7: L- listen, listen. Yeah, they're not going to be watching our game now.
6: <laughs> <laughs> but I, think that, you know, I, I agree, though. I think it's what they, he's got to do that. Because you you know on one hand this this is the point I was making a couple of weeks ago, right? You can't go for four trophies if everyone thinks we've got a rubbish squad or not a good enough squad. You can't go for four trophies or, or four competitions. You can't do it. You haven't got it's unrealistic. You've got to be realistic. And if we want to go and win, try and win the European Conference League, then why why won't why why wouldn't we be playing our first eleven? Because we want to get in the top four and the top five, and we've got as you said, Jonathan, we've got West Ham away on, on the weekend, so he has to balance it out. So, you know, there are senior players, you know, Davis was uh, um you know has has had some fantastic games with Tottenham, um as as uh, Sanchez, as as Harry Winks as well. You know, they they should have enough to come in and actually prove to the manager, prove to the rest of the players that actually i'm gonna i'm gonna fight for my spot and i am gonna get on like we haven't you know Delhi's gonna be wanting to fight there la celsa hasn't played uh in the premier league uh th- this week so maybe maybe he comes in you know, you've you got to be looking at thinking you know you've got hill haven't you you've got you know bergvine you know there, there's a lot there to be able to give uh a game and, and actually if you come away in in europe i don't care who you play if you come away with a with a draw at least a point and then turn them over at home you pretty much go you go through the, the the group, and and that's ultimately what we've got to try and do. So, you know, I know I completely agree that it needs to be changed up. And the mm. the the reality is, if we're going to sit there two minutes ago and talk about Hoiberg needing the rest, and then yeah. all of a sudden we're going to worry about Winks coming, in, that's exactly my point.
4: Yeah, Winks has to I, and play that. Yeah, position. no, he does. Yeah, I, I think this 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 kind of game actually highlights the two areas why I think striker and defensive midfield are the are the key areas because you go well, who who comes in for Kane? Yeah, and then who comes in alongside Winks? The yeah. rest of the team you can fill in.
6: Yeah, it's so true. It's great on one
4: side Bergvijn, yeah. You'll yeah. probably play Lo Celso point. in the two, probably. Yeah. yeah, which you can afford to do in this game, but I think it probably mm. highlights what areas need fixing. I mean if you, yeah. if you look
6: at the more, if you look at the more game, and I know that uh, Scarlet started, and I would have done that. And thank goodness, I'm not the manager, by the way, <laughs> uh, viewers and listeners. Clearly, but I would have started Scarlett like like he did, and I would have let, I wouldn't have put Kane on at all. Um, but the fact that he did bring him on, he scored that trick. Uh, fantastic for him. But I would start Scarlet in that situation as a as as the backup, as you know, as the number two, if you like, to Kane. Your striker, yeah, mm. because because we haven't got another choice. And if you don't no. play him, what what message is that sending out to him? Saying actually we don't think you're good enough. We're going to play a makeshift striker in your position, mm. or you're going to play Kane. So uh, maybe Kane's sitting there going, "Actually, boss, I want to play. I want to play. I want to play because he needs to get that, you know, that keep that momentum going. Yeah, so if he, if yeah. he plays on Thursday and scores another two, it it mm-hmm. walk up at West Ham will probably score a brace as well. But yeah, you know, how long how long is, it, how long is it going to be before he burns out?
0: Well, this is yeah, I think that that West Ham game now it's it's so pivotal, isn't it? It's so important by the way Spurs are playing that you know, and West Ham as we've seen this season there and last season as well. That's not an easy test at all. They played ever so well under David Moyes. So um. That'll be tricky, but guys, um, we are duty bound as we close the show to um, ask predictions. Uh, Rob, John, you're probably not used to this in your line of field. It's normally you guys, uh, right? Ro- well, normally Rob talking it, John writing it. Um, Lee and me and you we do this every week, mate. So uh, absolutely no sympathy at all. Let- let's uh, <laughs> let's start with let's start with John on this. Uh, John, been lovely having you. What are you going for on Thursday in terms of a prediction? Okay, I'm actually going out
7: to the game on, on Thursday, oh, okay. so oh, even better. Um, yeah, Spurs should have enough, no matter what team you play, you think to, to beat Test, especially if, if their best player isn't playing, I'm going
0: to go mm. 3-1. 3-1 Tottenham. OK, nice. Brilliant.
4: Rob, let's come around to you. Uh, what would you be commentating on in terms of a scoreline? Uh, yeah, 2-1. Brian Hill first goal for Spurs. I like
0: it. I like oh, that. I like that. I'm, I'm, I'm already looking forward, Rob, to the commentary it. on that one. <laughs> I told
4: you Ricky will be the goal shell.
0: That's what I want that, mate. I told you Rick, I want that. I want that loud and clear across the people <laughs> We'll get it up here. Fantastic. And uh Lee, mate, closing it with you. We're gonna have a positive here, Lee. What, what are we going in terms of this yeah, game? I think,
6: I think it's a clean sweep, uh, as long as long as you ain't going for a draw, Rick. Um I think I think they're a little bit tighter because of the, the changing up in the in the formation uh, in the playing staff. So I think we'll yeah. I'll go 3 one as well. But I'm gonna go with Scarlet to score his first goal um, yeah. for... Uh, in, like in, it. Yeah, come on, come on, Dane. Get in there, come son. We've fantastic I like it. For the boy. I like it.
0: I'm going to go for a 2-1 away win. I can't go 2-0. I just can't at the moment with Spurs. The erratic Edge of Defender River's in there at the moment. Uh, I'm going to go with 2-1. So, that, that a full panel across the ball with a back-to-back Premier League wins. Look at the positivity now, riping through the camp as we head off, like I say, to this trip. On Thursday. I've gotta say thank you to our two great debutants. It's been an absolute pleasure having them. Um first up, John, lovely to finally have you on. Been great to have you. Sorry, overrun. Uh, you, you asked Lee. I, everybody. I say we do it at a certain time. We end up overrunning. Uh <laughs> Sasha's made everybody. up John, <laughs> John, if anyone doesn't follow your content, where can they find the uh, the work you do, John? Where can we find you? So yeah, I just on Twitter in
7: the really, Jonathan DV and Lux eighty three, post all the links to to where my stories go.
0: Fantastic, lovely. I'll we'll be sharing this as part of the uh, show as well. Rob, been lovely to finally get you on. Um, for people that have heard your dulcet tones, where can they actually find the man?
4: What? Well, my house. You want to give my address on
0: this? <laughs> What's that? I should say, where can they find the man? The, the man, the man, social profile. No, I say? yeah, yeah. Uh, Unless Rob... you want to give out your address as well, you're more than welcome. <laughs> <laughs> like,
4: like, at... like a queue of people at the door looking for the commentary lines. I really do not. At uh, Rob T Daily on uh, on Twitter. Uh, My LinkedIn, don't bother. Uh, And of course, Spurs TV. And if you want to come say hello over at Spurs, normally about an hour before kickoff, I'll be uh, down by the south, southwest corner before N17, doing N17. So feel free to come over and say hello.
0: Fantastic. Rob, I'm only going to say this once for the fear of embarrassment. I look forward to you commentating on an absolute quadruple this season and um, (laughs) us being the ones that you have to say them referring to it. That was the last one on Spurs, on Spurs TV that done it. Fantastic. And you've got to hold you to that. We're liable. So that will definitely be the case. Lee, thank you so much, mate. Uh, We're back next week for, of course, West Ham, me and you. And obviously we're covering Thursday, of course, in the Europa Conference League as well.
6: Absolutely, and uh, the crazy trend continues. Uh, long mat continue with wins like that. You know, if we keep playing like that, like I said against Villa, and uh, and I say again against Newcastle, if we keep playing like that, we mm. will uh, win more games than we lose. Oh, and what a fantastic finish! I mean, I'll yeah. take that all long. Nice, to a nice one, baseball gamer. <laughs>
0: There's a, lot, a lot, <laughs> lot of Lee McQueen lovers out there, I tell you. Um, sure. from, from us all here, from uh, from Jonathan, from Rob, from Lee, from myself, guys, thank you so much for watching, for listening, wherever you are around the world. As always, keep safe, keep well, and as always, come on, you Spurs.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.
4: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
2: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?